Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag Free, whoever he is. Get your plug fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? I believe in the sand beneath my toes The beach gives a feeling and nothing feeling I believe in the faith that grows so I want to say something about what we witnessed at last night's town hall Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie And I get it it was disturbing. It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug, an adjective he used many times to describe black men. It's not against the law, ho, fuck you. Hey, good. <laughs> oh, man. We call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. Her cat was named Vagina. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. As good a job as Caitlin Collins did trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. I doubt it. You are fake news. I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Very fake news. All the kids under the age of 15, come on up here. Let's go, Brandon. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Well, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank and you. To your mom and to my wife and to my mom mm-hmm. and all the moms out there. I believe there are at least five moms listening to this show right now. Really? You think? Including you, maybe. <laughs> That's that would and be our wife. largest mom <laughs> audience number ever achieved. So we're we're on the up and up. We know uh, three. No, we know four of those moms. My mom, I, your wife, me. Okay, maybe maybe there are maybe a few. My more. mom. Wait, but let's not get your mom. Let's not get overly confident here. Yeah, really. None of them are listening. Let's be real. <laughs> anyway, later on, we'll uh, we'll speak with friend of the show, Chris Gard, the musical mastermind behind many of the songs made for the show, as in the classic Susan Wiki Wiki song, the latest adaptation for new YouTube CEO, Raja Mohan, as in Neil Mohan. Uh, it was great to speak with him, uh, at least for the first time for me. I know you've spoken with him before, but first time I've spoken with him this week. I've emailed him for years. Uh, this was our first voice to voice and it was long overdue. <clears throat> but before we get to that, of course, the big news of the weekend is the chaos at the border or the non chaos at the border, depending on who you ask, because 
it looks like chaos has now been redefined to or what does and does not count as a so-called illegal border crossing. It's either the worst ever or actually very, very good. Numbers are way down as long as you count the numbers differently. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the latest propaganda line dropped over the weekend, by the way. It's not chaos at the border. It's uh, you remember fiery, but mostly peaceful. Oh, I remember. It's now, it's now crowded, but not chaotic to describe the border situation. Crowded, but not chaotic. We'll evaluate. Plus, uh, just yesterday, Biden tells the uh, predominantly black graduates of Howard University that white supremacy is the greatest threat that this country faces. Now, right after that commentary, several stray bullets of color from the neighboring D.C. streets barely missed him. But watch out for the white supremacists. The uh, House Oversight Committee uh, details yet more evidence of Biden family corruption, but the fact checkers insist that Biden family corruption is not necessarily Joe Biden personal corruption. There's all this corrupt activity going on with Quite literally every single member of his family closest to him, but not it's him. Not him. No one shows no one's shown the evidence of that. So don't get a don't get ahead of the evidence. And um, before we get out of here, we have now I'm gonna say this is pretty high effort hoax hate. Or at least yes. um hoax hate with a high level of commitment to the bit. Commitment to grotesque means, even. We'll get to that toward the end of the show. Plus tonight's movie review is Lawrence of Arabia. So stick around. We'll uh, catch up with your super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is Matt Listener support is hugely appreciated. Of course, And it is what keeps the show operational. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This this week's feature business is who else? Our friends over at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company. Made in the USA. Chemical and fragrance-free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all-natural product, not only can you subscribe and get soap straight to your door each month, But now Hero Soap is offering signature soaps designed by yours truly. Indeed, I have two of my very own signature soaps. I would say you could try Timberline, but it's so successful. It's sold out once again. Shut up. That's right. The ball tingler is out of stock once more. Mm. But I I believe it will be resupplied soon. If you're lucky enough to get this in-demand ball tingler called Timberline, you will realize that it is a uh, it's a frosty pine experience where the forest meets the peaks. It's a woodsy scent with extra menthol for that high altitude cooling effect. I would say, do you hate yourself? But I'm about to release my own brand of soap. I was, so I wasn't going to put the pressure on. What's the timeline? I don't know. They're sending me some uh, some demos this week. Oh, so you have to get the samples. All right. Don't. Yeah, tell- but I was 
I was so specific about what I wanted that okay. I, I think it, it's going to be fine. Don't tell me anything about it. I want to be completely surprised uh, when you're done. Um, I don't want any it, clues. It's not a revolutionary soap. So. Okay. Well, I look forward to the ideas or at least the ideas that they're willing to let you get away with. As a reminder, you can also try Old West. It's the smell of sweet leather and oak barrels ready to bust open the saloon doors. And of course, Blonde Soap is upcoming. Uh, and you can try any of Hero Soap's other excellent offerings as well, available in bar or liquid form. And use promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off all Hero Soap products. That's 10% off my signature soaps, Timberline and Old West, or any other products from Hero Soap using promo code MCLISTENER. <clears throat> Find everything you need from Hero Soap, plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including... Western Razor Company, Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. All right. You think straight I should to get news. him to put some uh, skin lightning cream in my soap? <laughs> I, like I that? said, I don't want any clues. I want to be completely surprised yeah. by whatever you decide. Highly possible. Well, um, I didn't want to get into the details too much because we talked about this case so much last weekend i talked about it on my own uh yesterday mostly i just feel stupid for ever doubting that alvin bragg would in fact <laughs> yeah. bring charges against of course he would daniel penny the marine who uh restrained uh jordan neely the michael jackson impersonator guy so we won't go over the details of all of that but the, the silver lining here the fundraiser, the give, send, go for Daniel Penny is crushing it. He looks like he will be well defended in New York, which is good news. Yeah, I think it's at $1.8 million as of earlier today. Whereas Jordan Neal, Neely, I don't know why you know his family needs anything. Uh, no, well. <laughs> He's already dead. Like, what do they need to do? Uh, an extravagant George Floyd style funeral, apparently, is what they have to do. Retarded, pay for. whatever. But they yeah. have $113,000. Can you pull up this tweet with the meme? I, I laughed my ass off at that. Oh, I didn't prep that, but... Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. It was just about... I, I did save it because when I first saw it, I thought it was funny too. I could pull it up here. The one where it's just like, you're supposed to feel a little reassurance in the state of the world here because of uh, the, the comparison in numbers. Yeah. 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 And damn, I had no idea he was so tall and fine, that guy. Oh, uh, Daniel Penny. Did you yeah, know he yeah. looked he looked like a little guy? So I was like, I guess I'll support this Marine, even though he's short. But then yeah. I see that picture of him. And well, he's a very large man. Uh nice mustache. And we were talking about this earlier. Um it, whatever you think of Jordan Neely, the ability to to grab a guy and restrain him, you don't know if you're gonna get shanked. You don't know what's gonna you don't know if people are gonna jump. Took took balls and skill to do that. And one of the reasons I'm confident in his defense is not just the money, even with a New York jury, mm. the more facts that come out in this case, the more it looks like he's going to have a solid uh, there case are like for defense. two dozen witnesses. And they're all like, yeah, we, we were thanking him and clapping and saying, dude, really yeah. appreciate it. One woman came out on Thursday and said that Jordan Neely wasn't just being erratic and, and sketchy, that he was telling people he was going to kill them, that he was yeah. making death yeah, threats. Totally. At least in the generic sense, like I will kill you guys or I will kill people in general. Man. 
What are they going to do? How is this going to affect society if people feel like they can't defend themselves from insane violent individuals you just have to stay out of the cities you 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 can't go there there are no go zones effectively fine which we're gonna do this we make all of your food you cosmopolitan faggots what are you gonna do (laughs) they're talking about starving us out we'll starve you out it's one of the reasons i hate being in these major cities with my family not that i not that i am commonly but i know if such a situation like this were to arise that i can't defend my family no I mean, by law, like you're put in this impossible position where you must either defend them and face a prosecutor like Alvin Bragg, or you must sit back and allow your family to be abused by these psychopaths. Well, it's it's not an impossible decision. You just have to do it and then face the consequences and hope that there's an angry mob there. I guess so. Yeah. You have to count on the pitchforks and torches to enact justice later. And I say that with no eagerness toward pitchforks and torches. But you're sure as hell not getting justice out of people like Alvin Bragg. So yeah. what is justice anymore? I guess between, given the choice between pitchforks and torches and Alvin Bragg, I got to choose pitchforks and torches. It's got a better track totally. record at this point. Totally. It's a way better track record. Yeah. Anyway, uh, not to be confused with Daniel Penny, even though every time I see the names, I do confuse them. There's That's also Daniel Perry, who was uh, sentenced this week. This is the Austin guy who shot Garrett Foster, the AK wielding man. The case that we discussed a few weeks ago that the governor said he was working really hard on a pardon and that still may happen. But the pardon clearly is not in place yet. It's not in place yet. Um, so he was sentenced to 25 years in prison on Wednesday. And prosecutors used his social media history and text messages to portray him as a racist. And one of the memes was like, I I don't know something about drowning black kids or something, but um uh, they had were a meme about drowning black kids. It was funny. I read it. I just can't remember what the punchline was. Let me know in life. Sounds hilarious. Know. All right, but you know it's like it's it's not so bad. What what memes do we laugh at on a daily basis? And the guy he shot, not even black, but not Black Lives black. Matter aligned. Who cares? The guy was like a, a he was gingery and really dorky, and his girlfriend was black. Yes. She was that limbless, like the original R2 didn't do, right? She, I don't know what her condition is, but she is an amputee in a wheelchair. Yeah. Wait, she wasn't the original R2 Dindu. She no. was R2 Dindu 2. She was the sequel. She was the sequel. The original yeah. was by far the best because the original was hilarious. Because she had like a little fuck scooter. you and fuck the police. <laughs> Never forget that at Evergreen. Go back and find it. Oh, anyway, Greg Abbott, he has said he will sign a pardon once he has a recommendation from the Texas Pardons and Parole Board, um, which is stacked with his appointee. So it's looking really good. Um, but, you know, it's unclear when they're going to make a decision. It might take a little while. It, it has been weeks sure. at this point. He asked for an expedited decision weeks ago and everybody seems to be twiddling yeah. their thumbs. Yeah. So I'm getting a little nervous, but perhaps it will pan out. But they're all Abbott guys. Yeah, I have seen uh, Republicans drop the ball many a time before, though. So, what? They're totally competent. What are you? I'm talking? sure. <sighs> well, we talked about it two months ago when she announced her fundraising effort. Now she has raised fifty thousand dollars. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm not. I'm not sneezing at fifty thousand dollars. But I have to say, Nina Jankowitz, you didn't clear the Jordan Neely threshold, so that's not a great number, fifty thousand dollars. But it's enough to sue Fox News, apparently. Fifty grand on GoFundMe for that crazy Mary Poppins disinformation board lady, Nina Jankowitz. That is going to do it to bring this lawsuit. 
So you thought that Fox was in trouble after firing Tucker. Just wait until they get slapped with the Jankowitz defamation lawsuit. She is, uh, she's, that's apparently the grounds on which she's bringing this suit. And remember, she made that video a few, uh, it was a couple months ago. And when she, she put a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of mean tweets on the screen as though it was Fox's fault that she received mean tweets or as though she shouldn't receive mean tweets being a government actor actively working on, if not censoring, trying to influence the viewpoints uh, of the American citizen in very aggressive First Amendment suspect ways. So she does have some specific claims, though, apparently in this lawsuit or last time around, we didn't see the specific defamatory statements that she on which she would base her lawsuit. We have some idea of that now. She is uh, claiming she cites claims from Tucker, Maria Bartiromo and Sean Hannity that her job was, quote, to silence anyone who criticizes the Biden administration. And possibly, as Tucker Carlson said, quote, to get men with guns to tell you to shut up. (laughs) Now, this case for Jankowitz, of course, is going to be complicated that she was, in fact, a government actor or a, a quasi government actor, government actor to be in this capacity with the disinformation government uh, governance board criticism of that sort of person is at the heart of the first amendment. So it's uh, Jankowitz is, is a public figure and, and basically a public government figure in this capacity. What that means is the standard of defamation defamation for her against her uh, or the standard of defamation, the standard to defame her. Let me not confuse the phrasing, but the standard to defame her is not just that the, the statements were false, they're, she's going to have to show actual malice, as in these Fox mm-hmm. personalities knew that the statements they were making were false and said them anyway with the intent to harm her. <sighs> and that's going to be a next to impossible case. <clears throat> the whole point of the story as it was developing was we didn't know everything about this disinformation governance board. But hey, it's called the disinformation governance <laughs> board. That sounds not very First Amendmenty. Can't you can't you infer ninety percent of what you need to know about it based on the name? Uh, I'm guessing that well, and the the reason it doesn't exist, the reason we never got to see it come to fruition, is precisely because of this public criticism. Mm-hmm. So, what do you, your whole case that this was false is because we all criticized it to make it never happen, right? So she can but never prove anything, right? Because it never I came to fruition. I can't imagine that this is going to be successfully litigated. However, uh, you never know with what kind of crazy juries you can get these days, depending on the jurisdiction. And also, Fox has shown a willingness to settle. Maybe Fox just wants to pay her and move on. They just did it with Dominion. Yeah. And we know that that's what Jankowitz and her loser husband are after. They want a payday because people were mean to her after she tried to take the reins of government power to violate your most basic constitutional rights. Mean tweets are deserved in that scenario. That's actually kind treatment. She should get the TNF along with Alvin Bragg. Could Fox do a double doesn't feature. have the money anyway. I don't know how they're possibly going to fund an expensive lawsuit. I, I lost it. I don't think that they're going to settle on this one. Imagine Nina Jankowitz's career prospects were it not for Fox News. They're going to have to pay up. She was, she was going to make millions and millions of dollars were it not for Tucker Carlson. <clears throat> Imagine... I know I've ripped on her husband and the father of her child previously when we did this, but imagine being the provider in that household, the head of that household and raising your kids and saying, yeah, 
The reason that we live a comfortable, possibly even very wealthy lifestyle is because your mom received some mean tweets and we exploited that. Not because <laughs> I, as a man, was able to build something great for you, my children, but just because we bitched out and had some mega corporation pay us because someone called your mom a stupid bitch on Twitter. Great job, Dad. Way to stand yeah. up for your family. I don't think they're thinking like that. They just want the I think money. that people owe them. For the yeah, risks well. they've taken. You know? you know how not to get mean tweets? Don't become a part of the government and try to censor people. You won't get a lot of mean tweets. Oh, stay I, away from if, that. If you get mean tweets, everybody gets mean tweets. Uh, if you tweet, you get mean tweets, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this week there was a uh, a late May the 4th Star Wars celebration in, this, in the Senate when uh, Darth Sidious made an appearance. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's Diane Feinstein returning to the Senate. Uh, the problem is nobody told Diane Feinstein that Diane Feinstein has returned to the Senate after her months long battle with shingles. <laughs> Did one of her eyes fall out in that time? Nobody really knows what the hell's going on in this photo. According to the Huffington Post, not a publication that's inclined to be overly critical of Miss Feinstein. When she was wheeled into the Senate on Wednesday, she was trembling and confused she asked, where am I going? And said, I've got something in my eye. Two anonymous sources with knowledge tell Politico, they're not sure that Feinstein will be able to finish up her term through 2024 in person in the Senate. Now, I'm a source with knowledge looking uh, at this photo. She won't. In no. fact, I think she's already dead. She can't do that. Dude, you know, people that don't deserve it die at young ages. And then this fucking bitch, she's, she's just going to live forever. She's going to have one eye just hanging out. They're just going to let it hang. No. <laughs> How old is she? she she's deep into her 90s, right? 90 million? I, yeah, I don't know. I think she is. Uh, no, she's 89, according to this story. So right oh about Oh, my there. God. Just die. But, but get this. There's uh, an even better detail to the story. They had to get her into the Senate so that they could get Biden's judicial nominees through the Judiciary Committee. Now, remember um, that Biden woman of color nominee for the federal bench that we talked about a few weeks or maybe a couple months ago? She didn't know what Articles 2 or 5 of the Constitution were. Right. But she said she's very good at Google. Well, she got approved out of committee 11 to 10 by only Feinstein's vote after Feinstein came back. <sighs> And then remember that other Biden judicial nominee of color who didn't know what the Brady rule is. Right. right. He also got approved out of committee 11 to 10. Again, only by Feinstein's vote. Dude, she doesn't so, know what's going on. Whatever. Even yeah, we, the left is turning on her. New York Mag, the, um, the headline for their article is Diane Feinstein's return is a ghoulish spectacle. <laughs> well, people are using the, uh, the, the term or the phrase elder abuse and it's, Someone is pulling some strings here, and it's not Diane Feinstein. That's for sure. I don't care. Uh, I'm yeah. not getting, I don't feel bad for her. We have uh, mentally incompetent people returning to D.C. just in time to advance other mentally incompetent people to other positions of D.C. power. So that's great. Whatever. Fine. Um, hey, the new one, uh, the new VJJ has been announced. And by that, I mean, Twitter's chief censor, at least that is the fear. People are very worried about this and I don't blame them based on the resume. But Twitter has a new CEO. This is an incomprehensible decision. E Elon Musk did tweet. Somebody was like, well, uh, that now we're all going to get censored again. And then he responded to that person was like, no, it's not going to go like that. He keeps acting like he has other information, but I feel like he's trolling me. Although Donald Trump uh, did put 
this chick, Linda Yaccarino. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Um, we'll he did put that. this chick on um, some sort of meaningless committee or something like that. Well, we all know that Donald Trump's selections for everything have been have been flawless. excellent, right? Flawless, but it does give me like a little bit of hope. But I, I think that it, it's not good. So, Yaccarino, in an interview in 2020, she praised Jeff Shell and Brian Roberts, which were her bosses, uh, for taking the right steps to quote fight social justice and equality, and she commended her company's progress for hiring 50 percent of women and 50 percent people of color. Hmm. Okay, that's not great. She also chaired the task force on the future work at the uh, World Economic Forum. Ah, oh, she learned no. her lessons, though. See, she learned they're bad guys during yes. her tenure. Even though she's is, still, it says to present, she's still the executive chair at the World yeah, Economic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. she's yeah, she's doing it. Um, and then she frequently collaborated with the government, most notably when she served as the Ad Council's chair and collaborated with organizations the White House, and even Pope Francis, get this, to develop a coronavirus vaccination campaign. Oh, wow. Okay. Pope Francis and the White House? But However, she, she follows, I don't know, I guess, right yes, of okay. center people on Twitter. Yeah, that doesn't mean fuck all. I, I follow all sorts of people. But she does follow Tucker Carlson, Ben Shapiro, Turning Point USA, um, Blexit, WikiLeaks, Bongino, Libs of TikTok, Defeat Crooked Hillary, Rogan, Sobiec, some other folks, um, and the World Economic Forum. So I really don't know what to make of this, but I follow all sorts of people I disagree with because sometimes sure. I just want to get in a fight. I just My favorite is Keith Olbermann. That's the best account to follow for pure insanity. Um, this thing that like Elon has everything under control, I think we probably should let go of that. I'm willing to assume that he has his reasons and he's convinced that these what people are seeing as red flags here are not, in fact, red flags. But uh, how can they possibly she wanted everybody in the world to get vaccinated? That's, you know, that is public execution territory. And now she's in charge well, of the biggest company in the world. No, at least not the biggest company in the world, but it's up. There. At least she's allowing her own satire account to remain up. I love the tweet this week. Hey, first day on the job. I'm already loving it. And it was a screenshot of her banning Elon Musk. Hasn't happened yet, but I don't well, know. As, no. If she takes on Vijay Jay as an assistant, then I will pass judgment. That will be then I'll know for sure. Yeah. Um, I know so far. Well, I guess she hasn't officially started, right? She's not starting for like six weeks or something. Six so weeks. Yeah. I have to wait and see, but, uh, I, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, surface level detached observer. I don't get it. I don't understand how she, he, Elon Musk is saying she's going to handle a lot of the business, like, at, you know, making sure the business is or trying to get the business profitable to attract advertisers and all that. Maybe she's less of the free speech philosophy, department but i just don't see what she brings that is in alignment with his core values that uh yeah i know but all of us are relentlessly simping for elon musk it's like it's like compulsive why do we do this can't we just be like this guy has a questionable background and he's a transhumanist autistic genius um and we can't trust him. But everybody's like, no, Elon Musk is going to say that. Why? Well, we've been conditioned by people way worse than Elon Musk, I guess. So by comparison, he looks, a, he's he looks not a lot as better. Bad. All right. Whatever. Like take E. Jean Carroll, for example. He's way better than her, I would say. <laughs> yeah. 
We're not going to go through the entirety of Trump's CNN town hall because everybody's pretty much seen that by now. Yeah. With the one exception of highlighting, as far as I'm concerned, the finest moment, Trump responding to the New York jury's decision to hold him liable for uh, sexual abuse, but not rape in the E. Jean Carroll case. Well, in response, Trump said that E. Jean Carroll is a crazy person, uh, which, of course, is plainly obvious. But he added uh, a detail that's at least new to me. I hadn't heard this before. E. Jean Carroll has a cat named Vagina. Vagina. Manhattan jury found that sure. you sexually abused the writer E. Jean Carroll and defamed her. What's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, a very nice man. She called him an ape, happens to be Afri African-American, called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow to put that in. All of these things. He, but with her, they can put in anything. <laughs> I think that it was smart of him to bring that up. It, it sounds like it's some trivial thing, but what kind of insane person would do that? And Only I did an check insane it out. leftist woman would do that. I had not heard this, and I did I did check it out. This is a 2019 profile in the New York Times of E. Jean Carroll. Quote, her home, which she shares with a cat named not just Vagina, but Vagina T. Fireball, is a small cottage painted with black and white stripes with polka dots on the chimney. Now, I haven't seen a photo, but that also sounds insane. What do you live in Pee Wee's Playhouse or something? Yeah, for real. What is uh, this? Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, because, the reason I bring this up is also because of these unkind things that Trump said about E. Jean Carroll. Now, um, the E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, who Trump is not interested in in any way, as we learned <laughs> last week. Because no one is. Yeah. She, they're saying they might sue again because this was also defamatory. The CNN town hall. Yeah, I mean they're they're throwing the kitchen sink. You know, so so last year Carol sued Trump under this New York state law that give victims. This is so dumb, so dumb. It's just a an affront to the statute of limitations, which exists for a reason. So a New York state law that gave victims a one year window to sue alleged attackers in cases where the statute of limitations had run out. So oh. then they just like, they just give you a year. They're like, yeah. Oh, here you go. And then, um, she has an earlier defamation lawsuit that's still pending. Uh, Trump's trying to get that thrown out. And then, uh, the lawyer said, everything's in the table. Obviously we're, we're going to have to have a serious consideration to it with regards to, um, whether or not they're going to file an additional defamation lawsuit. You can sue people for pretty much anything. Well, as long as your politics are right, it sounds like. So, well, no, anybody can sue anything, anyone for anything. I mean, I don't know why Americans are getting so caught up in this. Uh, as in uh, whether or not they're caught up in what? The E. Jean Carroll lawsuits? Yes. By virtue of suing somebody, it doesn't mean that any evidence has to exist. Like, like the, there was basically the lawsuit, none in this case. There was none. The lawsuit in and of itself uh, is not evidence. No, no. <laughs> so I don't not. know why people are invested in this. Uh, because it's evidence against your enemies. Like anything else, if it's a weapon against your enemies, then that's useful. But uh, but oh, no, we, we believe Eugene Carroll. We don't believe Tara Reid. Mm -hmm. uh, why? In fact, Tara Reid has more corroborating evidence than than Eugene Carroll does. But yeah, and Juanita Broderick is just some, some yeah. stupid whore, you know. But speaking of Joe Biden, between uh, the border and lying about threats to the country and refusing to negotiate on the debt limit, we'll get to some of those details in a minute. But, you know, just being an all around terrible president, setting records for first term disapproval. Um, 
I want to start with Biden just in his element, which, of course, is trying to attract the attention of little kids. So on Thursday at the White House Rose Garden, Biden gave a speech about his administration's land and water conservation efforts and how Alaska's Bristol Bay is under threat from mining companies, he says. Uh, but Biden has stopped them. And then at the end of this speech, for no reason, I went and viewed the video of this event on C-SPAN to try to make sure there's not some context that I'm missing. There isn't. For no reason, he closes the speech by inviting all kids under age 15 to come see him and then cue the presidential music. As the president departs. All the kids under the age of 15, come on up here. It's like a Jerry Springer audience reaction. Oh my God. And I went through the footage and yeah, uh, unfortunately one native Alaskan family, in fact, handed their daughter right over for sacrifice to be licked (laughs) like an ice cream cone in the hands of Joe Biden. Look at that little girl's face. It's like, what the hell is happening to me? I'm not a big uh, believer in the in the kind of it's usually more of a progressive or leftist philosophy of listen to the children. They teach us, you know, I think it's our job to be leaders of the children for the most part. But sometimes it's like kids reads on people can be correct. Yeah, this is probably one such case. Agreed. Anyway, I I think that little girl was uh, given back to her parents. I'm not sure. I didn't uh, I didn't confirm that in the footage. No, they shipped her right to Epstein Island. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, she might be gone for good. I don't know. They really care about diversity, though, on Epstein Island. So they're happy that they got some. What the hell is she? She's native Alaskan, I think. So that's that's rare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, the uh, the big uh, news over the weekend is the change in border policy, of course. So before we get into what exactly is happening at the border, let's. reacquaint ourselves with what has happened with the border policy. So on Thursday, this policy commonly referred to as Title 42 came to an end, as did the federal government's designation of the coronavirus national emergency. So there is no emergency, at least anymore, as far as the federal government is concerned. Uh, That was pretty apparent three years ago, more than three years ago. But the expiration of that emergency declaration has many policy implications, policies okay. attached to it. One of them was the border policy and and how we handle migrants at the, at the southern border. So Title 42 is actually um, a reference to a portion of federal public health law. In the context of immigration, this public health law uh, allowed the immediate expulsion of immigrants rather than allowing them to stick around for court hearings to decide their immigration cases. They could just be deported immediately. And that happened millions and millions of times since 2020 under both uh, Trump originally and then and Biden carried the policy on until this week. But with the expiration of the policy, what that now means is migrants can show up at the border and ask for asylum. And if they apply through the federal government's fancy new app that maybe crashes 10 times before you finally get it to work, or if they've tried for asylum in another country, but were denied, they will then have a potentially valid asylum claim as far as the federal government is concerned. So in more plain terms, what does this mean? Well, it means where last week at this time, people uh, could or would be turned away, no questions asked. Now we have a process to evaluate and consider each case 
and decide who has a who has valid eligibility for asylum and who doesn't. And given the vol uh, the volume of immigrants, the court process to achieve that sort of thing is going to take a very very long time. At best, more realistically, never. Uh, and in the meantime, looks like there's plenty of uh, opportunity for these asylum seekers to seek that asylum wherever they damn well please. And they're just expected to show up for that uh, court hearing later in the future. Um, so it, it was expected that given an expanded opportunity to enter the country, the southern border was going to become more overrun this weekend than it already had been. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, the new propaganda line has dropped it's not fiery, but mostly peaceful. Now it is crowded, but not chaotic. That is how things went at the border as of Friday, according to the MSNBC Chiron. Now, crowded is right. That's part of the picture. Reports say there were tens of thousands of border crossings per day this week. Texas National Guard has been called in to assist Customs and Border Patrol in certain areas. Immigration processing centers are seating uh, or they're sitting uh uh, their their capacity is at 200%. So they're, they're at double what they can possibly handle. But if you listen to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas this morning, he says that it's not even that crowded, actually. In fact, border encounters have dropped, get this, 50%, Mayorkas says. It looks like the surge that you and many others had anticipated hasn't quite happened yet. In fact, over the past two days, the, the United States Border Patrol has seen an approximately 50 percent drop in the number of people encountered at our southern border as compared to the numbers earlier this week before Title 42 came to an end midnight on Thursday. So why is that? There is a safe, lawful and orderly way to reach the United States and seek humanitarian relief. And that is through the lawful pathways that we have expanded under President Biden's leadership. And then there is a dangerous way to arrive at our southern border in the hands of ruthless smugglers. Pray tell, what was it last week? Yeah. Well, you notice uh, there is some trickery in play there. We've expanded the pathways they can use to get in legally. Okay, so that's got to be part of the story. And um, and yeah, you're right. Uh the, the same silly methods they use to say that gas prices are down or job growth is historic. Well, if you compare to the worst ever, things look improved, don't they? Always. So if it does seem weird to say that crossings are down 50% in two days, first of all, that's a big statistic. And why two days ago? Well, the the threshold he's using there is the expiration of Title 42, <laughs> the policy. And there, you might say, well, that's just because that's when the policy changed. That's why he's making that comparison. Well, if you look at before two days ago, <laughs> there are some pretty important numbers there. According to the Border Patrol chief, there were nearly 68,000 apprehensions this week alone, including um, almost 16,000 getaways. It was at least 10,000 border crossings per day. Uh, people apprehended on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And that uh, is those are the highest daily numbers ever recorded. So a 50 percent reduction from worst ever would simply be closer to the norm of very, very bad. But that would not be some improvement. Now, that's part of how they're making this claim. The other part of how they're making this claim is 
reclassifying what an illegal crossing actually is because you notice in his description there well we've now expanded the pathways to enter this country okay so people who would have been illegal border crossers five seconds ago are now counted as presumably valid or potentially valid asylum seekers thus you have a reduction in what's considered an illegal border crossing because the policy has changed to redefine that as not necessarily illegal anymore um so I don't when when they ask Mayorkas what are the what are the numbers of people who are crossing and then just disappearing into the interior he doesn't even know the reality is we don't even have those numbers so we can't even make these comparisons confidently but um but as a matter of policy instead of greeting migrants at the border with a boot we're now giving them a court date and phones with which to apply for asylum on that shoddy government app And then to check in and keep track of their court dates years into the future. Plus, in many cases, as we've seen footage of a bus ride elsewhere while they wait for that court date in 2030 or something. Maybe not that far ahead, maybe 2027. And the Biden administration had planned to release these migrants um, into the interior on some sort of parole. But on Friday uh, or on Thursday, rather, a federal judge in Florida blocked Biden from that practice. So what this means, as if, as far as I understand it, what this means is that we're not releasing them into the interior without a court date. We're releasing them into the interior with a court date that may be many years in the future. That's the distinction. But Corinne Jean-Pierre on Friday said, come on, it's not like we're releasing them into the interior on mass. That's not happening, which is how, you know, it's for sure happening. <laughs> On the ruling in Florida last night um, against these releases and the um, Biden administration's statement in that legal filing that 45,000 individuals are going to be in custody by the end of this month, we're not able to go forward with this process of releases. What's the backup plan? The way we see that, it's sabotage. It's pure and and simple. That's how that. Uh, reads to us the claims that CBP is allowing or encouraging mass uh, release of migrants uh, and is just categorically false. That is not what's occurring. That is not what's happening. Uh, And it is a a harmful ruling. And the Department of Justice is going to fight it. That's what we're going to see. And we're going to continue to use every tool that we have. What else would you call it? Yeah, we're we're talking... Again, as far as I understand, the distinction here is just whether they have a court date in the future or not. And now we're releasing them into the interior with court dates. But her logic there doesn't even make any sense. Well, that's definitely not what's happening. But also we're fighting in court to make sure that that can happen. So, again, it's not happening, but it's good that it's happening. You, you it's can, low effort lying. I feel insulted. Come on. Do Kareem. a good job lying yeah. to me, you know? Yeah. And and if it's not happening and I get that they mean that there are court dates, so they have to come back in the future. Well, what do you call this practice of giving migrants phones? Yes. Court dates to return and bus tickets. Here is a video of migrants receiving these DHS packets, which include a phone and notices to appear for court way into the future. Uh, this reporter who posted this video says that many of the uh, the court dates that these migrants are receiving are scheduled for 2026 and 2027. <laughs> 
What phones are those, by the way? Like when you give your old sure. phone to Verizon or AT&T when you get a new one, is that where they go? They go to like some Venezuelan guy to check in on his 2027 court date. Dude, um, well, they're obviously doing this on purpose. There's such a, a low rate of um, of showing up anyway. Well, we got to wait until 2032 to find out. Some of them are scheduled for October 2032, according yeah. to this report. Why else would they do that unless they wanted to reduce the chances? I mean, this is I don't know what's more hilarious, thinking that uh, these migrants will actually show up in 2032 or thinking that the U.S. will still be a country with courts in 2032. I don't know yeah, what, really. the, what the more insane idea is. We're going to have to give them a part of their of this country. Only so that we can get them all in the same place and then decide what to do. Hmm. Well, this was in Brownsville, by the way. And uh, yeah. apparently that guy with the, the SUV from la- the, the Land Rover or whatever it was from last week. Apparently he did not strike again when he yeah, saw really. these, these guys in Brownsville. Boy, that story fell out of, uh, fell out of the well, news cycle real fast. <laughs> that, and the, I know that a lot of these mass shootings come and go, but that mass shooting last weekend with the Nazi, the, the neo-Nazi Hispanic man who has very real fresh swastika and SS tattoos that is a case on which they would propagandize to the end of the earth, but it just kind of went away. Nobody cares about that anymore. He's a really super legit Nazi. No one gives a shit moving on. Yeah, that is, that one is a weird one, but uh, yeah, real fetty. But if it were, if it were fetty, then I think that it would be more persistent in the media, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to make of that one. That whole thing was outright bizarre. But now there's a lot of these migrants are are, are they're filling up uh, shelters in the border area. But in many cases, they're being shipped elsewhere. Uh, sometimes that is political, as in sending them to Kamala Harris's house or uh, Greg Abbott sending them to New York or Chicago, where the mayors there don't want them. But there were reports emerging over the weekend of homeless vets being booted from New York hotels to make room for the migrants, what's the truth to this? Right. So these nonprofit groups that work with veterans, they make deals for extended stays with certain hotels. And so they're paying like 90 bucks a night per veteran. It's a lot of uh, Vietnam vets and people with PTSD that are finding it difficult to maintain jobs and, and find permanent housing and things like that. It's a nonprofit specifically set up for that. And so, you know, hotels know that and, um, and they provide semi-permanent residents to these um, people. So what has happened is that nearly two dozen of these homeless veterans, some of them are Vietnam, some of them are Afghanistan uh, and really young. Um, They just got the boot out of this hotel because the federal government offered them more money, uh, like slightly more money. Yeah. To house, to house these migrants. And so the 24 vets that had to deal with this, they got split up between like four different hotels. And then they don't know if they're going to be able to stay uh, semi-permanently at some of these places so they're gonna have to move more and all this other stuff it's just it's just a disaster like the, the hotel came in and was like sorry like you guys gotta be out Ooh, you know, yeah, it yeah. sucks to be that guy the low-level employee who delivers the news but had absolutely nothing to do with the decision making yep yeah. well we also have uh terror suspects crossing the border no <laughs> not that that's necessarily new we've had episodes of this in the past but new in the context of the policy change 
This morning, uh, Customs and Border Patrol sources say that agents in San Diego arrested an Afghan national on the FBI's terror watch list after he crossed illegally with a group of migrants in California. This happened on Wednesday. Is he uh, based? Well, yeah, I don't know. My sources say that he actually flew from Kabul in one of the U.S. military's Blackhawks that he got oh, okay. from our departure a couple of years ago. And then he just he, held on to it. Yeah, he walked across the border with his uh, U.S. military issue M4 and his armor okay. kit. He even had night vision. It was great help getting across the border at night. <laughs> uh, Is he here to kill Mexicans? Because yeah, I don't know. No. I don't know I what mean, he's doing. I'm I'm open to other ways to deal with this problem. So what <laughs> are we call calling a the, terrorist these days? Eh? The Afghan allies. We, we, <laughs> we need their help. Uh, but it's not just this Afghan guy. According to the Border Patrol chief, uh, lots and lots of, um, well, lots of, of criminals and crime-related property, if you want to put it that way, uh, seized at the at the border, apprehended and seized. That is five sex offenders arrested, four gang members, two felons, one guy with five warrants out for his arrest. Uh, agents also seized uh, seized 224 pounds of weed, 179 pounds of meth, 56 pounds of fentanyl, which my sources say is enough to kill at least two George Floyd's, <laughs> 34 pounds of cocaine, and five pounds of heroin. And these are just the people that they caught. Again, almost 16,000 getaways. So who the hell knows what else came in? And and Breitbart reports this morning that over in the Tucson, Arizona border sector, five more guys on the FBI's terror watch list were apprehended Mm -hmm. on Friday. And reportedly these these five crossed in separate incidents. No information yet on demographics or nationalities. Not clear if they tried to blend in with other migrants, as is alleged in the San Diego Afghan case. So I'm who sure knows? That's but what, uh, that's what happened. Yeah, the border is it's at 50 percent. It's everything's great. The illegal crossings are way down ever since we decided oh, that a lot of crossings aren't illegal anymore. It's really yeah, working really. out. Not worried about this Afghan guy. Muslims have really let up on us recently. Do you think they're looking at our country and they're like, oh, Maybe we should back off a bit. Why, why work hard when it's falling apart on its own? <laughs> I know. We'll exactly. just, we'll show up and we'll uh, harvest all their caves and their goats when they're all dead and gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before the top of the hour, there's more Biden news here. We'll get to, well, let's get to what he had to say at the Howard University graduation commencement speech yesterday. Because uh, it's not the border. You know, whether it's the illegals or the Afghan guy on the terror watch list, whoever, that is not the threat to this country. The actual threat to this country, the greatest threat to this country is white people with opinions critical about the hordes invading this country, otherwise known as white supremacists. So this weekend, Biden gave the commencement address at Howard University, the Zin D.C., And this is something of a revived campaign classic. In fact, this was part of his inauguration speech, so it's not the first time he's he's said it. But he said that it's all you white supremacists who are actually the most dangerous threat facing the country. Oh, wait, I skipped something. Did you? I skipped Kamala Harris's role. Oh, come on. I just gave the intro to all of this, but I skipped Mayorkas talking about Kamala. Should I go back? You want to? Sorry, I should have told you. Let me rewind because I want I, that's a that's a Kamala on the border. Hold on. I'm coming back to Biden and the white supremacist threat. <laughs> Don't forget the reason that this border policy is all so successful that we've seen a 50 percent reduction in border crossings. And that's because Kamala Harris 
uh, has been the uh, Biden's border chief for the last two years. So Alejandro, I can never say his damn name. Alejandro Mayorkas was asked this morning, hey, uh, what does Kamala Harris actually do? And does she even ever talk to you about border stuff? And Mayorkas, seemingly at least a little uncomfortable, said uh, Kamala has done a great job cutting billion dollar checks to foreign countries. More than two years ago uh, that uh, the president put Vice President Kamala Harris in in, in playing a critical role in terms of trying to stop the flow of migrants across the border. Where has Vice President Harris been on this? Are you in regular contact with her? When was the last time you spoke to her? Um, I, I, uh, Vice President Biden, uh, Vice President Harris reached out to me uh, earlier this week. Uh, that uh, effort is a years-long effort, and Vice President Harris has led the investment of more than $3 billion in the Northern Triangle countries of Guatemala, <coughs> Honduras, and El Salvador. So, I mean, an extraordinary effort to address the root causes of why people flee their homes in the first instance. Violence, poverty, corruption, authoritarian regimes, extreme weather events, persecution, and the like. Extreme weather events? Yeah, that's why they're here. Yeah, I don't think that's it, bro. Yeah. That's why the Haitians are here, that hurricane, no, that earthquake like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. That's why the Haitians are here. No, the root root cause is people coming here because we give them money and resources if they do. And so the solution, he says, is give them money and resources so they don't come. That is also not working very well. Have we tried just not giving them money and resources? Have we tried that one? Uh, Yeah. And if we're going to do that and we have no control over it, um, we should make it so difficult for them to be here. That's the power that you and I have. If our money is going there anyway, um, I can be really mean to these people. The power of the scowl. The power of the scowl. Yeah. I mean... Your life kind of sucks in Mexico. Like you're pretty poor. You got a dirt floor and everything. Tacos, great. And you got tequila and you got hookers. And uh, how bad could your life possibly be? Just watch out for the cartels, okay? Yeah. Just don't get disemboweled by the cartels. And, you know, wouldn't you just come to America and you'd be like, oh, this is not what I expected. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But I've, I've... when asked, to, this is Biden's border chief. And when asked to describe what she does, well, she wrote some checks and uh, that's great. Not really. Thanks. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. Anyway, I uh, or, three billion dollars. I think that's what he said. Yeah. I already uh, kind of introduced Biden's commentary during this commencement speech at Howard. But yeah, here's what he had to say. It's the white supremacists who are the greatest threat to this country. We know that American history has not always been a fairy tale. The American ideal that we're all created equal and the worst of us. A harsh reality that racism has long torn us apart. But on the best days, enough of us have the guts and the hearts to stand up for the best in us. To stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. Congratulations, very brave. And I'm not saying this because I'm of a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. To stand up for truth over lies, lies told for power and profit. They're not, that's not a joke and they're not taking him seriously. They're laughing at him. Laughing, yeah. <laughs> that black woman in the back is cracking up. 
and he's not joking at all. Yikes. Joe Biden, as we'll get to in a moment, has told a few lies for power and profit in his day, too, by the way. Um, but yeah, e- even this audience knows it's a bunch of crap. What do, what do you mean? You're not saying this be- just because you're at a black college. Everyone knows that's exactly why you're saying <laughs> this. But they'll still chuckle and still vote for him anyway. It's it's like the line at the uh, White House Correspondents Dinner where he says, you know, you guys don't ever ask me questions. And that's hilarious. And they all laugh. And it's like the joke's on you, though. He's making fun of you and you're laughing yeah, at exactly. yourself. Yep. Anyway. Are, are we Boy. really going to say with a straight face in front of an almost all black audience that white people are statistically the greatest violent threat in the country? Of course, we're going to do that. That's not pandering at all. That's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm aware of some statistics from his precious FBI that would show trends in uh, race and crime that would differ from that assessment. But uh, <laughs> the distinction we're supposed to buy here is that all the murders in Chicago and St. Louis and Baltimore, that those are murders of love. They're not motivated by hate. So those don't count in this assessment of what the dangerous criminal threat is, because those are not hate crimes. Those are just regular murders. But I what am I supposed to, this is just so preposterous. Are black people buying this? Are black people looking around their communities and like or in, in Baltimore and in Detroit and in St. Yeah. Louis and they're like, wow, white people are the problem here. There's if no only way. those KKK guys were not around. It's but, just outright. How dumb do you have to be to actually believe this? It's, it's It can't possibly be stupidity. It has to be an inability to self-reflect or to exercise like a modicum of impulse control i don't know i got curious on what basis he's actually making this claim because it's so counter to every available piece of evidence that i had to know and i truthfully i don't know exactly where he's getting his information so i have to guess but i went to his uh his fbi director who he usually cites for such things and um this is something of a misrepresentation of what christopher ray has actually said uh, Biden made this claim, as I mentioned, in his inaugural address. And, and then shortly thereafter, before a Senate committee, uh, Christopher Ray was asked about January 6th topics. And it's in that context that he said that white supremacy is the biggest terrorist threat to our country. So, again, we have to believe that uh, a bunch of grandmas trespassing were racist while they were doing the trespassing. And because they counted hundreds of cases of that racist trespassing, that's how the numbers get so inflated, I guess. But Ray's commentary was heavily qualified. He said white supremacy is the the biggest chunk of racially motivated violent extremism. So, again, uh, we what just don't. It, it has to be racially motivated. So we don't count the killing fields of Baltimore or Chicago. Those aren't racially motivated. So they're fine. They're excluded from this analysis. Well, any any black on white crime is going to be excluded from the analysis, too. Yeah, that's just, uh, you know, disputes over. That's just general disagreement. That's not racially motivated. Right. Like we were talking about the, the 2015 to 2023 subway murders. I think all but one were minority on minority or black on black or black on Mexican, you know. Yeah. But none. But every none single were hate one. Crimes. Yeah. It's also it's not totally what Christopher Ray said. If you look at um, the totality of his commentary, he said, uh, What he actually said is the greatest terrorism threats to America come from lone actors who are internationally inspired, homegrown, violent extremists, which are the jihadist inspired and also inspired by other domestic sources. So you have to further restrict and say it it can't have any international component to it. We have to eliminate Islamic influence and Mm. say that that doesn't count either. Um, And 
and, and really Ray, paring that down. So Ray says <laughs> that white people committing racially motivated crimes is the biggest portion of racially motivated crimes. But it's a majority white country. Like, what else would you expect? Give yeah. me the per capita numbers and get back to me. But that's not part of this analysis either. <clears throat> and it's weird to think that the biggest threat uh, is categorically non-deadly, at least in one recent year. I know they're going to count um, the the in this in this analysis from the Brookings Institute. They count the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting, the 2019 El Paso Walmart attack. Um, you in 2022, I guess you would count the uh, shooting at the the grocery store in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. yeah. But listen to this paragraph in this analysis. Let's start with the good news. According to according to statistics from the New America Foundation, 2021 saw zero deaths in the United States from right wing terrorist attacks. So in, in some years, the number is zero and they're counting the January 6th year in this acknowledging that, uh, <laughs> that, that nobody was actually directly killed in that incident, except for Ashley Babbitt, of course. And they're so desperate to make this case, they have to go to people's attitudes. Get a listen, get a load of this quote. Not surprisingly, American politics have radicalized. According to one recent poll, 30% of Republicans agree with the statement because things have gotten so far off track. True American patriots may have to resort to violence in order to save our country. Yes, that's the height of terrorism. He's saying that if you guys don't fuck off, things may get bad at some undefined point in the general future. That is yeah. the biggest threat. Oh, yeah. And 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 third, uh, what happens to the numbers when we remove all feds from these numbers? <laughs> they plummet to zero. Maybe Biden's on to something, though, because over the weekend in D.C., the infamous uh, masked guys of Patriot Front, the guys who got arrested in your neck of the woods in Coeur d'Alene last summer. Fed, uh, fed, fed. Th they committed the most serious white supremacist crime there is, marching with an edgy opinion. Now, uh if these are even authentic white supremacists at all, are they real? Are they feds? Here They're they feds. are. Here they are marching yesterday. Always masked. Even when they're arrested, they're masked. Okay. Seeing some Antifa body types. That's all I'm going to say about that. Well, it's very interesting, as many have observed. Why doesn't Antifa... Why did I say that weird? Why doesn't Antifa, Antifa. show up to to oppose these guys? The, the, I guess the, the reasoning is that Patriot Front always shows up unannounced, so their opposition mm -hmm. never knows ahead of time. That's the purported explanation. There were no reports of incident or arrest, so even if these guys are real, how is this the greatest threat to the country? Marches and chants? Meanwhile, elsewhere in D.C., we have people driving around mag dumping their Glocks into people's cars, houses and faces. But that's not a serious threat to this country. Um, Patriot front body count, by the way, unless I'm mistaken, zero. I don't think they've killed anybody. Mm, no. Yet it's coming. Yeah. Well, I also have a lot of detail about the uh, House Republicans. And they're they're. What they're saying is evidence of, of more Biden family corruption. But in the interest of time, maybe we'll save that until after our interview with Chris, because we do sure. need to catch up with our chatters, too. So let's do that. Uh, let me start on Rumble quickly here. Uh, wow. A lot of people over on, on Rumble. Thank you guys for that. It's good to see Rumble taking off. Uh, Yakko 1977. Dan Perry being walked 
uh, in handcuffs is no surprise in the hellhole that is NYC. Dan Penny, right? I think we have <laughs> I whichever the Marine guy in New York, the Army guy in Austin. It's all very confusing. But yes, hopefully a jury will see him for the hero that he is. But the lawlessness in New York City uh, and government as a whole continues apace. I. If this one goes the wrong way, I, I th- that might be something of a flashpoint for this country. I mean, I know that 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 uh, there were a lot of there were some similar elements in the George Floyd case. This is far less ambiguous. This was aggression against other people. Now, I know George Floyd uh, stole effectively by using counterfeit money. But George Floyd wasn't like attacking other people on the street or threatening yeah. to attack other people on the street. I mean, yeah, if you, if you can't defend yourself against that, I don't know, man. It's uh, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, Stick sent me here, says school of the West dot world is a great place to learn about homeschooling and wipe our. Well, I may be interested in that in a couple of years because I think we'll probably be doing some sort of homeschool setup, but uh, I don't have those details ironed out yet. I think we're going to send Emmeline to school. I don't know. Really? Well, she's been asking to go like, like she really wants Hmm. to go. And there are some very good schools around here. All right. So I don't know. It's. She's a, she's gonna turn three, so it, we gotta win. Preschool time, pretty much. Maybe a yeah, little early. No kid needs to go to preschool. I'm talking like yeah, maybe in a few years we'll talk about. It. Rocky Mountain Monk says, "Don't know if this has been uh, mentioned, but Daniel Penny Legal Fund Give Send Go is at almost two million. It just keeps <laughs> going up. That's good to hear. Thank you, Rocky Mountain Monk." Uh, Laughing boy says never should have watched the town hall. I'm all full of hope again. You buy into that. That I know. You know it was a vintage Trump performance. I think it a was. Lot of I, like, I was that, like, I guess I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> a lot of the things that people love about Trump, uh, you know, Trump and CNN, they feed off each other. You put them together and yeah. magical things happen. You know, so good, I get it. Uh, Padre Speaks says new Twitter CEO worked with Robert Kraft, who got busted getting happy ending massages from trafficked Chinese women. She also worked for Global Apollo under Leon Black, the guy who gave Epstein one hundred and eighty million dollars. Is that so? Well, she's Hear me had a out on this heart. guy, though. All right. Traffic Chinese women. I don't know. So he was getting some handies from a massage parlor, but his wife had died like five years before and he was old. I'm fine with this. Robert Kraft did nothing wrong. You heard it here. Oh, he's done lots of stuff wrong. Oh. Just not that. Mike David Smoke Show is now a monthly supporter. Thank you for that on Rumble. Very much appreciated. Uh, it says, sorry, I've been missing the live show's work schedule, but I miss Rebecca. Uh, how long before you get SD Williams for an interview? Well, thanks for supporting the show. Never apologize for supporting the show. Um, okay. So, this is an unpopular opinion about SD Williams, but I can't take her seriously because she looks like a porn star. She's got these like big fake tits and she says she regrets it and everything like that but like my husband and i watch her and i'm like i just i just can't i do kind of think this whole trad wife thing is a larp that's kind of more everyone used to in general to or in this specific case in in on the internet i think mm-hmm. the trad wife thing is a larp like outside of like farmhouse on boone that doesn't talk about politics like i can't i just like look at Esty and like her her giant voluminous fake tits and she's got like a roller a, a rolling pen she's like well i'm just gonna make my husband a pie i'm like this you know how many dudes are jerking off to this right now like how trad are you really 
Uh, we'll come back. So to, no, short answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to Rumble later on over on Odyssey. Rowdy dude says thirteen do sixty with various emojis to illustrate the concept. I assume he means white supremacists committing he terrorist does. attacks. Yes. Uh, so thank many. you for that, and uh, thanks for supporting the show on Odyssey. I'm glad to see that it's working properly as we've discussed in recent weeks. Let's get some on um, Tippy and YouTube before we get to our interview. Zors, by what metric do you rate how good a country is to live in? Is it freedom or wealth, strength or comfort? I don't think we've ever been a great country because we failed to safeguard that which truly belongs to greatness. Alignment to divine order. Yes, that. And I think um, the breadth of the middle class, a country that has a super large middle class, that it is mostly going to be a good country. Wealth disparity is bad for business. It's bad for people's lives. Um, I can understand where you're coming from. I just, so is redistribution of wealth to achieve it. You know, uh, well, it, in countries that redistribute wealth, they never achieve a large middle yeah. class. That's never what um, happens. It's just the oligarchs get all the money and then people become impoverished. Like yeah. when has communism ever worked? Yeah, we're probably uh, on the same page. And I, I would say that what makes a great country is a lot of the things, if not the exact same things that make a great person, which is moral fortitude. And if you have strong moral fortitude, I know I'm using a generic term there without being extremely specific. We get into that a little bit later, but I think all of those good things will follow your moral character, uh, your wealth, your success, your prosperity. Those things are consequences of your moral strength. And so it's not your, I don't look at a country and say, well, it's great that like anybody can you know, they, you have total freedom to do whatever you want without consequence. That's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, you have no, all the money in the world. Definitely well, a bad thing. Yeah. You might have stolen it. That mm-hmm. might be a bad thing. So, yeah, it's um, I, I would agree with you that it is uh, al- alignment to divine order would be a way to phrase that it is adherence to the world's moral truth. And I think we'd probably be on something close to the same page there. I agree. Injured guardian reattempting from May 7th. Sleep paralysis is horrifying. It's been awful. It's been years since my last episode and I'm still scared of it returning. It's awful. It may be why I sleep very poorly when I'm alone. Stop Ooh. censoring me, Neil. Matt, did you get the email about Phoenix recently being thoroughly excellent on Facebook? I missed that. Sorry about Neil. Uh, I didn't get the email or at least I haven't seen it yet. It might be in my inbox, but I think you're talking about um, Phoenix, uh, the, the owner operator, Justin over there had an exchange, an email exchange with a law enforcement officer seeking donations for ammo donations for their training program. And he said, sure, I'll give you some ammo as soon as you send me an apology from the state police for all of your Corona bullshit and specifically for sending an officer to my place of business to try to force a mask on me as a condition of doing business. And if you follow uh, Phoenix and Justin on Twitter, you know that he is a fan of you know, the, the, the spice and being confrontational, which he was trying to do in this email clearly, but to the credit of the officer, the officer looks like he responded in sort of a, a productive way. Like, Hey, I'm actually going to bring this feedback back to our police conference upcoming. And maybe there's some positivity that can come of this. So even though, I mean, Justin responded very aggressively, but it looks like maybe that, was taken to heart by this particular officer, which is great. Uh, you know, he's sometimes- right though. Every, people need an apology. And then like, I think Justin's a reasonable guy. Once he got an apology, I think he'd be like, okay, here's, here's ammo. your ammo. I'm okay. a man of my word. He probably yeah. would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's a, that's a great saga from a great ammo company, by the way, if you want to Phoenix check them out. Ammunition. Phoenix uh, with Norman. an F Phoenix ammo. 
Uh, good evening, joggers. Like the ATF, I'm wishing all moms a happy Mother's Day. And like the ATF, I don't have a habit of gunning or burning them down. Stay safe, stay strapped, and stay based. To Vicki Weaver, salute on Mother's Day. Uh, yes, well, indeed. Happy happy Mother's Day to her. My God. Um, Captain Norway, uh, thank you. And send me an email. I, I, I tried to get some soap all the way to Norway for Captain oh. Norway. And I want to make sure that the soap got there. I want to make sure your balls are, in fact, tingling. So please let me know. You're an international ball tingler. Yeah. You should be so proud. Uh, hi, Truth Seekers. This is a whole more the debate between capitalism and communism is endless, but I can somewhat choose the degree to participate in capitalism. Can the same be said for communism? Take care and God bless. Um, in uh, no, I don't hate communism with philosophy as much as I used to, though. Uh, how do I get out of this now that that's come out of my mouth? Muslims, communism. What's next? Well, I just think that, like, if you lived on a on a commune uh, in a post-apocalyptic society and there was mutual respect and you shared in keeping each other safe and if there were pedophiles, they were executed, you know, all this stuff. Like, there's like 100 people on your compound, but yeah. you genuinely share all of your resources. I see how that could work. That sounds like a voluntary arrangement to me, too. Which that is, is key. The, that is the difference. It's a vol- well, yeah. it's it's a it's an arrangement out of necessity because of the apocalypse. But you're free to go, as in you own the rights to your associations and labor. And if this uh, commune of yours is not to your liking, you are not uh, held in, and you are not forced to perform certain right. tasks or certain labor. Voluntary association is key, and absent that, you can't have a communist society. You can't let people leave. Yeah. Well, I don't. I guess. Not to get technical, but is it communism if it's voluntary? Uh, Maybe it no, is. No, probably not. I don't know. Well, I don't know. High trust society is really what I'm what I'm looking for here. Mint right. twenty. Reminder that principles and standards are of no use to dead men. So do not allow your principles to be the enemy of victory. No further comment here. Here. Well, Should clearly we do the interview, or do you want me to keep going? Um, let's let's stop there. That's a good that's a good spot to stop. There, there have to be moral truths beyond just stay alive. Yes. I mean, if, if the standard is stay alive, what's wrong with murder? What's wrong okay. with theft? You stay alive is really important, though. It is, but there are moral truths you must follow beyond simply be alive at all costs. There's a certain respect for the lives of other human beings that you have a moral obligation to uphold. Yeah, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Isn't there something wrong? (laughs) If I kill my neighbor because I just like, let's say I have a reason to, I think he's like a bad guy, a potential thief who might take my shit, but I just kill him in the middle of the night. I stab him in the neck in his sleep. That's in pursuit of my own survival. What's wrong with that? Well, he's not threatening your survival. I perceive him as doing that. Like, I I think he's going to steal from me tomorrow or something like that. Well, you're being crazy. Okay. So, but no, there is something okay so but there there are rules beyond just survive yeah but we're going to be in a situation where we're going to have to compromise some of our greater more philosophical moral values in order to survive i don't think that they're just they're they're i wouldn't dismiss them in that way i think that those are the foundational framework of 
the moral universe? Like, why are the Ten Commandments a thing? Why isn't it one commandment survive? No, I hear you. I, I agree with you. But I don't let scrupulosity get in the way of your survival when you've got to take right, care of your I, family. I can meet you there that that you're surviving. If someone's pointing a gun at your face, trying to kill you, I get it. No, you know, if, if, if we're in a post-apocalyptic situation and somebody comes in, take your resources, you have to kill that person. Ah, like someone's actively committing crime against you. Yes, yeah, and maybe, but they're not, they're not trying to kill you. They're trying to take your chicken. You got to ah, kill that person. Well, you and that... Kill them. I am not necessarily an opponent of force, lethal force against people taking your property. You have property rights. But... And we'd have to clarify with Mint. Um, principles and standards are of no use to dead men. Maybe that's exactly what he means. That if someone's pointing a gun at your face, you have to respond in kind. Mm. But as long as you are not being an aggressor in anticipation of things you perceive as coming after you in the future, that, that there is moral danger in that. And we have to be appropriately okay, restrained. Okay, fine. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you right there. We're not too far off. Thank you, Mint. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Um, where did I, where did I, uh, leave off? I had a great, I had a great intro for Chris and I already, for, I already messed up my whole show structure. Oh, no. The things I wanted to say before we get to the interview, if you've listened to the show for a little while, in fact, I just played one of the sounders. You may recall the excellent musical contributions of the Susan Wiki Wiki song, or more recently, the Raja Muhan song. Well, What you may not know is that the outro music that I use in my solo videos and much of the other music that you hear on this channel is all by the same guy. And his name is Chris Gard. And he is a burly Australian man of uh, admirable beard quality, I would say. So uh, we we invited Chris on the show this week for a, a long overdue meeting and discussion about his music and politics and... What it means to be a man amid modern degeneracy and much more. The interview is about 20 minutes, so we will see you on the other side. Welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening. That's musician extraordinaire, mastermind of the music you often hear on this channel, including the infamous Susan Wiki Wiki song, and of course the latest adaptation of the latest YouTube CEO, Raja Mohan, Chris Gard, <laughs> coming to us from down under. Chris, I'm very glad to meet you. You've helped out my channel a lot in a, a lot of different ways, and we have yet to actually speak to each other voice to voice. So thanks for joining the show. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. I mean, I don't know how the fuck I ended up here, but I guess the internet <laughs> is a series of tubes. I don't know. It really and is. Uh, 
I don't really, I'm, I'm not really one to have like a parasocial relationship with a content creator. I like to insinuate myself into their circle as much as possible because <laughs> I also make music for um, Academic Age and I do his um, his intro music for like Deepest Law uh, and uh-huh. Unpopular Opinions. Um, and that's because, you know, similar to you guys, I had a, a semi parasocial relationship. I'd know you guys a lot more than you know me. Um, you know, and I, I remember it was about six years ago. I started listening to you guys when I was working on a roof, when, when we first moved up here to Cairns and I just can't believe that we've, uh, yeah, we've gone from there to, you know, here I am on the show. It's just so weird. Well, I, I think the first I learned of you, you sent us like a Sunday show song that you have made. And then followed up by that Heil Honkler song as well. That's right. And then, (laughs) um, and then the outro music I used to use on my videos, uh, I was informed that I was no longer welcome to use them because I'm, (laughs) because it would be unconscionable to have that sort of association. And, and you stepped right up and said, Hey man, I'll make you some, some outro music. And you produce some stuff that I think is perfectly on brand for what I was looking to do. And I've received a lot of compliments in the meantime. Hey, this is actually way better than it was before. So <laughs> credit to Chris. And of course, uh, you know, thanks for thanks for stepping up in that way, too. It's been hugely helpful. Oh, I'm happy to help. And I really enjoy doing it. And there's, as as you know, with the particularly with the Raja Mohan song, <laughs> as soon as I heard it being mentioned, so I, I didn't actually hear it uh, firsthand on your show. Someone had mentioned it. And as soon as they mentioned it, I was just like, Oh yeah, I know what to do here, and like I've straight away got to work on it. And I'd been putting off music projects for like months. Yeah. And as soon as I heard that, I was just instantly inspired. I was like, right, I am Raja Mahan's top guy. I'm going to make a song out of it. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> you really took it a great direction because the Wiki Wiki song is is a plus, and that's not to discredit Raja Mohan because Raja Mohan is its own great thing. But when I emailed you about it, um. <laughs> I said I was like just floating the idea of like what what sort of song could we make and trying to keep with the wiki wiki idea I was thinking in my head we're going to do bipti 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 but that's <laughs> that's not uh catchy it's very awkward and then instead a few weeks later comes Raja Mohan which is his own completely different sound and I think as so, you know, I'm not someone who's as keen on the skills of musicianship as you are but you're a guy who's doing all the things you're playing all the instruments. You're making music of different styles. Um, How did you become, how did you develop these skills? How did you learn to do all the musical things? And how did you make Um, that sound Indian? We couldn't figure it out. How'd you do that? Well, it's easy. I mean, there's, there's, well, it's not easy, but like that, you know, there's the melody aspect, which is of course important, but you know, there's the, the large ensemble of in- as soon as you put a large ensemble of Indian percussion on something, it makes it sound Indian, <laughs> and then you chuck a little sitar in there. Oh yeah, and of course, That's true. so yeah. yeah. Um, but I really I had a, a pretty long history with working with commercial producers. Um, there it is. A, yeah, I was a singer for a few metal bands back in Adelaide when when I was when I was in my early twenties. So I, yeah, I spent a lot of time in studio because I would be there when you know, say we produce an album. You know, for the editing and the grueling, like slow, boring bullshit, I was always there, just watching, just absorbing all the stuff that he was doing, or or that they were doing. And then from that, it's just like it's just second nature. But a lot of it is just really being able to put down a good template for sound. You know, and once you once you start making more and more music, you just innovate the quality. Yeah. Of it. Like mm-hmm. you just innovate, innovate, and mm-hmm. then eventually, eventually, you just end up with a template 
that you just record the music into and all of your um you know your experience and prior knowledge is 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 set as a template that you can just use like on the fly so and then all you have to do is go back to your spreadsheet of cataloged obscure racial slurs and you've got the lyrics exactly you got it i mean at the moment i'm doing a lot of um renditions of old poems like old kipling poems um i recently just finished one i just finished yesterday actually a, a tobacco it's like this this poem from the 1500s by some unknown monk um and it was you know discovered in trinity college yeah, back in like 1568 or something it's like so this is the sort of stuff i'm doing on the side it's just really obscure like musical renditions of poetry and sea shanties and folk songs and stuff like People it, love stuff like that. Though. Yeah, exactly. Especially a lot of the audience that I play for, which is the English, the English internet racists, like um, <laughs> you know the dissident right sphere over in um, in England, because uh, I've yeah. made a lot of friends over there through Academic Agent. Um, but well, yeah, so and I, I enjoy it because it's like it's it's not just a it's not just like a floundering sort of comedy, um, you know, always just trying to be stupid. Like the like the quality of the meme and you know, Raj Mahan and Susan and stuff yeah. like it's fun, but, and, and yes, it gets a lot of exposure and a lot of attention because it's funny, but it's not what I'm passionate about. Like I'm passionate about connecting to something in the past and mm-hmm. um, sort of carrying on that tradition, um, which is sort of what I wanted to talk about um, on here anyway. Um, yeah. Abs- well, we could talk about that or, or the, the kind of relationship between music and politics I'm really interested in too. Uh, so I'll let you take your pick. I don't mean to take this in any one direction, but, um, no, no. Um, well, I, I can touch on that as well, but, um, I know we've only got 15 minutes, but we've, well, we, um, we have as much time as we need to explain these concepts, but, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, what's interesting to me is, is I, I grew up as part of that kind of warp tour generation and there's, you know, like 50 or a hundred different bands that you loved growing up. And then, now all they do is post that I need to vote for Joe Biden and I need to get vaccinated <laughs> and all this. And it's like everybody that I loved teenage me uh, yeah. loved all these bands. And now I hate them all because they're telling me these unrelated things about politics. And I'm, I'm wondering is the right thing for them to stay in their lane or is the right thing to make better music with better politics? I know that all of your content is not explicitly political, obviously, as you mentioned, but what do you think the right answer there is? Should should these things be separate or if, if well, their politics suck, you just make it better? You're forgetting that most artists, particularly musicians, particularly singers, are retarded. <laughs> like, like they, totally. you know, that they, they've sort of, a lot of those people that like your famous bands that you would have followed and adored and admired, you know, they, they were, they were growing at a time when, you know, this, this sort of revolutionary attitude, the leftist one was, you know, it was the underdog at the time and they, that they've sort of grown up with it. And then they enter into a, like a boomer mindset where they're sort of locked in and they think, Oh, this is, this is the correct thing. And Mm -hmm. they don't need to justify it. They just say it. I mean, it's, it's, I must say it's, there's nothing cringier than watching like a bearded 50 year old heavy metal singer, um, talk about women's rights. Oh, I know. doing like what are you doing i know this is completely incongruent like you know your appearance your aesthetic your aggression in the sort of music you make you know if if it's like a real extreme metal band or something like that yeah and you're sitting there talking about women's rights and trans rights and stuff or like like, rage against the machine they were the worst covid idiots (laughs) like your band is rage against (laughs) the machine you fucking people 
I will say, I know you don't like Tool, but Maynard got me too'd and he handled it like a pro. Mm. He like put out some statement. He's like, I don't know what to say. I banged some tour bus whore and that was that. And then he never talked about it again and everyone just forgot. Oh, it's too bad. He's just such a fag anyway. <laughs> I know. Okay, fine. We just like, going to let that so, slide because of his beard. That's the only reason you're letting him get away with it. Hey, I made, yeah, I, made I, blonde, I made blonde question herself the first time I met her. As soon as she brought up Tula, she instantly started reevaluating. I know. Her I like opinion a, on a man with a structured beard and chest hair is telling me not to like Tool. <laughs> I'm having a lot of cognitive dissonance right now about my life choices. And yeah. honestly, I don't think I've listened to them since. Um, so there's a, if I wanted to talk about a connection between music and, and politics, yeah. um, in this sort of way, I think inherently music art is completely, um, it's not cerebral. It's, it's just, it's emotional, it's instinct, it's intuition. Um, it's a deep sort of, it's a deep limbic process. Sorry, my phone's ringing. Um, and at the end of the day, politics in and of itself, we might have, you know, we might have complex abstract sort of philosophy about politics and whatever else. But at the end of the day, all the sort of high order thinking and discussion is really just a post hoc rationalization for what we already intuit and, you know, what our instincts are. And for our, for people in our sphere, we share a similar temperament. Um, and that's where it derives from. It doesn't derive from any logical pathway towards finding the best sort of political stance it's all instinct it's all deep within and um this is why this is what i like about the direction that a lot of us are going in in this sphere and the right it's this real subtle rejection of nuance and i consider myself to be an enemy of nuance and i'll sort of explain why a bit <laughs> later but all right you know even though many of the prominent thinkers in our sphere are or were themselves academics, either like trained in the classics or you know have formal instruction in political theory or political science and whatever, it still seems like there's 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 a turning point towards a rejection of the detached abstract, which I really like as a, as an artist. You know, we we don't we don't think in these terms, and I feel like we're getting away from the sort of marketplace of ideas trope. Like, you know, the time of talking about ideas in the fucking public square or, you know, trying to red pill people. If people aren't red pill by now, they're not going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's an appropriate point now to start sort of like rapidly adjoining our nodes in the network of power. Like for instance, perfect example. So dangerous space has got in touch with me and, and we were talking about perpet like potentially getting a Tucker interview and, you know, oh, yes. it, it seems like very a laugh ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. at the same time, I mean, now that he's left the biggest network in US television, it's like, if he is sincere, which I actually genuinely believe he is sincere, um, he's not a grifter. I think he, he's um, he's an honest actor. Um, and if he actually believes in, you know, the movement and, you know, the direction, like the direction we should be going in, there's no reason why, you know, if you can actually get a direct line of communication with him, there's no reason why he wouldn't want to be in touch with you to like, again, connect those nodes in the network, because although it might be a small signal boost for him, it would be an enormous signal boost for you. It's still a consolidation. Um, and that's just like, that's what leftists have been doing for fucking decades. They've been doing that for 60, 70, 80 years. And that's why they're winning. That's why we're losing because we're too busy fucking arguing us, our positions, defending our positions, trying to justify ourselves. We have no confidence. And while we're doing that, you know, <laughs> 
like they are forming patronage networks constantly. Like look at their like look at their you know ideological network that they have. It, it runs across all bureaucracies in every government, all management, you know, in every single institution, every single corporation. Um, and they've been doing that because they understand that you know power works in a particular way, and what matters is that your friends are in charge and your enemies are punished, and they're ruthless about that. And we're not. We make too many concessions, and that's just why we fucking never get ahead. We're always on the back foot, always losing. Yeah. Um. You know, and I think making moves is what appeals to me the most because I'm after solutions. Like. I live a very tactile life. I'm a roofer by trade, you know, in the blistering Australian summer heat. So you can imagine what it's done to my brain. Um, I don't have any patience or time for like endlessly recursive abstract theories about politics and existence and fucking whatever else. For me, I sort of live in a, a sort of like a Nietzschean plane where, you know, the spirit or the soul or whatever is tied up in blood and like sweat and grit, mm-hmm. you know, toil and harshness of an unforgiving world of like physical discomfort. So, you know, other than that sort of Nietzschean metaphysic, you could imagine that I really don't have any interest whatsoever in like, you know, the endless philosophical debates and theories, you know, conjured up by autistic continental philosophers from the early 20th, <laughs> like 19th century. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, they were once interesting and important to talk about and debate about when our situation wasn't so desperate. Um, right. But now it's time to fucking start growing up and actually doing the work of winning. Yeah. You know, I'm interested in solutions. So, Well, that, that does make sense. As as big of a fan as I am of philosophy, clearly, and sitting around thinking about stuff, you have to have the practical skill set and the strength that is required of a man and and um as we wrap up here maybe you could talk a little bit more about that you talk about a connection to the past and that's one of the things i think about is like being a man in the the traditional sense of the past is is sort of an outdated concept now and that you have to find ways to challenge yourself physically or to be under mm-hmm. the sort of stresses that you're talking about instead artificial of artificial ways right yeah. nature force that upon you it, I don't know if that's what you're getting at or what just yeah. tell me more about what you mean when you say connecting to the past through music or connecting to the past in general. Well, I mean, it's, it's the concept of legacy really. And, and one of the things I love and I'm really interested in not only you know, this solution of patronage networks, obviously, I mean, if you listen to people like Aaron McIntyre, he goes on a lot about that stuff, but you know, when you think about patronage and, making sure your friends are in charge. It's like you can put all the pieces together. And for me, I'll, I'll go from the direction of legacy because I'm a working man. I'm not a, uh, I'm not some elite academic. I'm not some, um, I'm not a, uh, yeah, well, I'm not like an academic. I don't have that sort of uh, temperament. I, I'm, I can only control physically what's around me. Um, and I can focus on my family because I mean, it is a trope to say, at this point to say, oh, you know, we just need to be having kids, blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm-hmm. well, there's a step missing from that because, you know, a lot of us really want to get out of this situation um, and we're right, desperate right. to get out of this situation. Unfortunately, it is a long road, um, you know, and so knowing what we know about how power functions, and this is what's going to connect to history here, um, you establish a legacy. So, you know, we we do it by, um, you know, we, we've, already, we've already established our political philosophy i reckon i think we've just just about maxed out what we can fucking get out of the you know the cerebral sort of world so at this point we start setting up our businesses and we have our communities and we have our kids yes but with the 
but it has to be in tandem with making connections and making sure that you are generating intergenerational wealth. Like you want to be generating wealth that can be passed down to their kids and their totally, kids. Yeah. Because through that, through the passage of time, intergenerationally, they are going to then accumulate more power, accumulate more wealth, accumulate more influence. And it's through that in conjunction with connecting the nodes in the network of power that we're going to win. And it's going to take a few generations. It's not going yeah. to happen instantly, but um yeah, that's that's really what I'm really interested in. And you know, I've got my own daughter and we're hoping to have at least two, maybe three more. Um, so I'm really I'm really invested in this. Um so congratulations, yeah. it, by the way. Welcome to the Club of Fatherhood. Thank you. It's uh, wonderful. How, I mean it is, it's a lot how, of fun. Yeah. How long ago was it? A few months now? This is a this is a couple of months. Yeah. And it was on it's honestly just been the breeziest experience ever. She's an extremely relaxed, happy baby and isn't that you know, the best when something turns oh. out easier than you expect? Everyone's like, welcome to hell. And then I have this baby <laughs> and she just like, she just hangs out all the time and stuff. I mean, and it's sleeps not, 22 it's, hours a day. I'm like, this is easy as shit. 22 hours a day. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, awesome. yeah. Well, we, um, yeah, well, it's great because, you know, she's so happy and relaxed that that in turn is a soothing presence for us. And right. us being in a, in a nice relaxed mood is a soothing presence for her. So it's just a positive feedback loop. It's great. You guys are and just even, in a chill spiral. Oh yeah, it is. And even if she does cry and whatever else, just you just maintain that relaxed state, and it's just it all evens out. So, yep. and it's 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 been a really really rewarding experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they yeah. Obviously, I just went into it saying I don't know anything, and I'm not going to expect anything. And I think that's worked out for the best. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Like if I went in with expectations, it might have been tough. So. No one knows anything though. I see people that have like seven, eight kids that don't know what the crap they're doing still. And I'm like, wow, everybody's an idiot. So you just have to parent intuitively, right? No one's an That's expert. It. People have succeeded exactly right. throughout all of yeah. history. Uh, yeah, dumb people have been procreating yeah. since the beginning. Yeah, something, something you said a few weeks ago really stuck in my mind. You said, um, I never do baby talk to my child. And mm -hmm. she's now very advanced as a, what is she now, two or three? She's about to turn three. Yeah. Turn three. Um, and and that that's stuck in my mind. I've I've just been really hesitant to, you know, yep. do that. I do occasionally do it, but for the most part, I try to speak like an adult around her at all times. Oh yeah. Then um, when your kid starts talking, it'll just it'll just shock you. The other day yeah. she's like, This isn't working properly, Mom. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm already reading Kipling poems and stuff. Here, so <laughs> oh, she's good. gonna she's gonna be extremely based. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, Godspeed. That's our guest, Chris Gard. You can find his music on his YouTube channel, Chris Gard at Chris Gard Bard, right? That's the YouTube channel, I believe, at Chris Gard Bard. Correct me if I'm wrong. Or is it? It's possible that it's just Chris Gard now. I can't remember. Oh, I'll have to double well, check. But under the we'll name Chris Gard, you'll find it there. Um, and that's G A R D Gard linked in yep. the description, of course. Chris, is there anywhere else you'd like to find people or like people to find your material? Um, yeah, I do have a Bandcamp link. It's in, I think it's in most of my um, videos on YouTube, but you can choose to support me by purchasing the songs on there. But I don't really do it to make money. I just do it because it's fun. Um, and I really enjoy it when other people enjoy it. Um, so yeah, go check it out there. And you know, if you're interested, you can follow me on Twitter. I like to occasionally post some extremely brazen and obnoxious <laughs> hot takes about various things because I'm Australian. It's in my nature. Very excellent. <laughs> so, you should be writing Bluey. That's what. 
All right. Well, thanks again for your time, Chris, and of course for your many contributions to uh, to my channel and to the show. Much appreciated. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. back thanks again to our guest chris guard find chris's youtube channel and Bandcamp page linked in the description it's always great when the best people just drop right into your life uh i couldn't have hired a better guy to do music for the channel than the guy who just showed up in my inbox one day so for that i am very grateful and uh well did you have any more beard commentary before we wrap up on that no i'm i'm a i'm a married woman oh. But I will say showing up with that amount of chest hair, it's like me showing up naked. It's inappropriate <laughs> and it is just abusive to the audience. Very ambitious, Chris. I know it was appreciated. All right. Uh, I have some hoax hate that I really want to get to, but I prepped a segment on or at least prepped information on the uh, the new revelations of uh Shocking Biden family corruption. Who has ever heard of such a thing? But there are uh, new details I'll be I'll be brief with beforehand. Um, this week's uh, James Comer and the rest of the House Oversight Committee unveiled new evidence that Joe Biden's family enjoyed all sorts of shady financial gains during Joe's time as no. vice president. So this is the first I've heard of any of this. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, shocking new report. Uh, no, there are some new details in here. I shouldn't dismiss fully. But the, the, so the committee subpoenaed four banks and received thousands of bank records. The committee's 36 page report says the bank records show that the Biden family, their um, their business associates and their companies received over $10 million from companies belonging to foreign nationals. Again, while Joe Biden was vice president. So. <laughs> Uh, James Comer uh, on the House Oversight Committee says that these transactions from Romania and China are evidence of influence peddling and uh, potential national security risk as well. But specifically, what is alleged here? Well, Comer has evidence to show that nine Biden family members received foreign sourced payments, including Hunter Biden, Joe's brother, James, James uh, wife, Sarah, Bo, <laughs> this sentence or this descriptor of her. Bo Biden's widow and Hunter's former weird girlfriend, Hallie Biden. Remember that they <laughs> yeah. traded after Bo died. Hunter's ex-wife, Kathleen Bewley. Don't know how to pronounce the last name there, but also Hunter's current wife, Melissa Cohen, and three children of Joe and James. Now, many of these payments come from a Chinese energy company. Some transactions with this company appear not to be in cash. In one case, the company sent a large diamond to Hunter. Well, he was in Miami, I guess. The report also alleges that Biden family members received payments from a Romanian source again while Joe Biden was vice president working directly for uh, working on the U.S. official policy in Romania. So many of these payments came 
around the time frame that Biden met with Romanian leaders, ironically, regarding corruption in that country. Also of note, these payments passed through something like 20 different LLCs that the Bidens had set up. And what the purported purpose of these LLCs actually is, is unclear, because there is no family business other than politics. So why do they have all these various business entities? What is the reason they're receiving millions from foreign countries? That's not fair. There's some drug and sex stuff going on. Maybe. Well, that was the uh, yeah, I think there were accusations here. At least Ron Johnson was talking about that, that that Joe Biden had paid for trafficked prostitutes for Hunter. Trafficked Russian prostitutes, I think. Collusion. Hmm. Uh, But the uh, the fact checks are in and actually (laughs) you can't show that Biden personally got paid. So swing and a miss. None of this proves that Joe Biden himself got paid by foreign operatives. That hasn't been shown yet. Headline Politico. Comer releases Biden family probe update. It's kind of a weird way to (laughs) Biden family probe update without showing link to the president headline. The Hill GOP digs in to Biden family dealings without directly connecting the president. Quote Time magazine. Uh, House Republicans provided no attempt to link the payments to any of Biden's official or unofficial acts as a public servant. Well, that's, that's not even true. They have the case of at least circumstantial evidence of Biden family members getting paid by right. Romanians right as Biden is working with the Romanians. <laughs> but let, let's say let's I'll grant their point. It's like, OK, but you have you haven't shown Joe Biden getting a uh, direct deposit. OK, mm-hmm. fair enough. But it does <laughs> show that everyone in Biden's family around him getting paid by foreign operatives. So if we grant that premise, we don't dispute that premise. OK, Um there's still the question, why is all of his family members, why are they getting uh, paid by foreign operatives? Yeah. And perhaps there's a, a real non-corrupt answer to that question, as you were just alluding to. But we we do need to hear it. Uh, what is the uh, explanation for these payments? Because Biden just laughs at them, but uh, he doesn't deny that they happened. He doesn't really explain what they are either. All we have is a statement in response from the White House A White House spokesman says, quote, Congressman Comer has a history of playing fast and loose with the facts and spreading baseless innuendo while refusing to conduct his so-called investigations with legitimacy. Okay, so Comer is lying and or misunderstands. What is the truth then? Please explain. We did not get an explanation. And apparently the FBI is refusing to cooperate with this investigation. And there is some sort of whistleblower who's now MIA. That's what Comer's saying. Oh, yeah. Um, So, well, he kind of said that it was a a little bit ambiguous. So Hmm. the FBI refused to give Congress this informant file. Um, And they're like, no, we have to protect our confidential informants. They wrote like a six page response to it. But uh, Comer was on Maria Bartiroma, I think this morning. And she said, are there whistleblowers missing right now? And he said, well, we investigated and the people we tracked down going back to the CEFC, the two main players in that business, as well as the Americans that were involved in the different Biden influence peddling schemes, as well as the Serbian national. So nine of 10 people that we've identified, um, they're one of three things. They're either currently in court, they're currently in jail, or they're currently missing. Oh, so, so potentially missing, but not verified to be. They Right. Okay. Yeah. 
but All some right. of them seem to be yeah. okay well i don't know why else he would say that yeah so. uh the saga will continue i suppose i would uh discuss a little bit more but we are behind schedule and there is uh i'd use the description juicy hoax hate but uh, that's probably a bad Ugh. choice in Ugh. this particular so context poop. yeah Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. <laughs> you think they'll notice? That shit is not backwards, actually. Oh. <laughs> this one sounds original, but not necessarily. Still, It's as not. I'm, we covered it. and No, it was before our time. It was, that, that but I, yeah. I'll, I'll explain in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I would say it is a high level of commitment either to the hate or to the hoax. Maybe it's just a crazy person. Who knows? But at the University of California, San Diego, school officials are investigating who drew swastikas all over a dorm bathroom in shit. And yes, they're, uh, these are pretty good shit swastikas. Right angle corners, proper yeah. orientation, all of it. A lot of students here at UCSD are feeling fear, anger, and disgust after someone drew multiple swastikas out of human feces in a dorm bathroom over the weekend. It happened in the Kaleidoscope building in Sixth College. We board the video, which also shows the toilet cover smashed on the floor. Which is disgusting and it's horrible to find out and it's almost surreal. It's especially heartbreaking for Jewish students like Ivanik Meider who lives just one floor away. Because if someone is willing to like dip their hand in something like that, like it's something disgusting that no one should ever touch and like draw paint with it, something that symbolizes like six million deaths of my people. People like Meider's grandparents. A lot of people don't actually realize how close the Holocaust was. From my dad's side, both of my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. So not only do I feel like that person has to face the consequences, I want to know like what was going in their mind. You know how I know this is bullshit? Nazis are famously clean. Hmm. They don't touch shit, you say? No, they don't. Famously that clean. They're not fishing their own shit out of the toilet to draw swats because it's not their jam. No, she's exactly they use a permanent marker. <laughs> a permanent marker. Wait, what? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. I mean, they, they just would find some other way. Like, oh. Why does it have to be shit? For you know? the, I see. Oh, I see. Okay. I, I, I misunderstood what the permanent marker was for in this context. Now I see what you're saying. Did you think okay. I was making some Jewish tattoo joke? No, I wasn't going. No, where I was going made no sense. So I just won't elaborate any further. Fair enough. But, okay. Um, what is important is that she's exactly right. Until this, uh, clarification i had no idea that the holocaust took place uh, inside of a hundred years ago that was news yes, to me I, I, I appreciate the refresher i have not heard the news of the holocaust being only a few generations ago that was brand I mean, new information is, to me it's the first time i've ever even heard about so, the holocaust i'm really uh, sorry that her 14 grandparents died in the holocaust they were all turned into lampshades and soap <laughs> it's, it's a tragedy it's okay Every one of them, uh, all 14. Probably the least forgotten piece of history. So for her to say, um, <laughs> I know people, people often forget. Do they, do they often forget? Um, but that was the censored version. Never forget. <laughs> they say never forget. That was the censored version that aired. <laughs> I had forgotten all about the Holocaust until I saw shit smeared across this bathroom. Oh my God. Um, 
That was the censored version that aired on local ABC News. On Twitter, uh, you will find the uncensored footage that will show you just how well drawn these shit swastikas actually are. (laughs) They're legit. And lots of them, by the way, not just that's like at least a half dozen. They're so neat and tiny and so high up on the wall. So it might be a Nazi. Did they get a stool? Only a strong, tall German man could reach those heights and make those corners so precise. It was Daniel Penny. Maybe. Maybe he did it. As I mentioned, uh, this is not an original hate crime. The same thing was part of what kicked off the racial justice insanity at Mizzou, uh, the University of Missouri, back in 2015. So... I know you don't need a reminder, but if people forget, this was the scandal in which student government, uh, the student government president alleged that a, that guys in a pickup truck drove by and went, hey, you're an N-word or whatever. And then Jonathan Butler said that the school president hit him with his car at the homecoming parade. But then footage came out. It was very clear that Jonathan Butler jumped in front of the car and barely got nicked by it. And then um Jonathan Butler did that hunger strike where he said, I'm not going to eat until the president resigns. And then the football (laughs) team refused to play until the president did resign. Uh, Even though there was no evidence of any of this nonsense, he's just like, ah, this school's fucked. I'm out of here. I don't care. And then um, (laughs) I had forgotten that Melissa, that's right. Yeah. Show trivia. Melissa click. Blonde's alma mater, Mizzou. Um, yeah, I'd forgotten that <laughs> Melissa Click was part of this, too. That crazy yeah. red haired uh, uh, professor who said, can we get some muscle over here to get that student journalist out of there? Because he dared ask yeah. semi who was Asian, questions. by the way. And she works at Gonzaga now. I think. Oh, does she? So she's not <laughs> far away. Um, <laughs> so part stupid. of that saga was that there was an alleged shit swastika in a dorm bathroom at Mizzou. That was part <laughs> of the right. racism. But this one was only like halfway done. They ran out of poop to smear halfway through. <laughs> And to my knowledge, that that poopy Nazi was never found either. In this case in San Diego, (laughs) the poopy Nazi, no suspect identified. Campus police investigating, but as of Wednesday, Wednesday, nothing to report. (laughs) And speaking of hateful fecal matter, they got him. They got him. We talked about this story a couple weeks ago. Played the footage of that New York City bum who was caught on camera taking a shit and wiping his ass with a pride flag. American hero, that guy. Well... He won't be doing any more heroism because New York City's hate crime police finally caught up with him. They have uh, they have ordained hate crime police. Yes. Did you catch the name of this guy? The bum who took a shit on a pride flag? His name oh, is Oh yes. Fred Innocent. Fred Innocent. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh but he actually is innocent, at least of the hate nonsense. I'm not saying you have a right to take someone's property and take a dump on it. But you watch the footage, he's he found a resource as a hobo in sort of a semi-private out-of-sight area, and he took a shit and he wiped his ass with Those could have been swastika flags. He still would have taken a shit on it and wiped his ass with it. This was not a hate incident. you got to be out of your mind to think that it was. But he's now been charged with two hate crimes, one for... I think I think it is one for shitting and one for wiping, unless I'm misunderstanding it. Two hate crimes. Because th- it's two separate flags. I'm pretty sure. He has been charged also with burglary and criminal trespass. Maybe those are the two crimes. I don't know. I think it is. You're having a laughing attack. Uh, according to the restaurant. Are you owner, messing with me? No, He's I getting think charged with two crimes. What for he is, for sure is getting charged with two hate crimes. I just don't know. Is that the burglary, burglary and the trespass? Or is that the two separate crime flags? 
Anyway, uh, according to the restaurant owner, NYPD hate crimes detectives worked tirelessly to track down Fred Innocent. This is a dedicated task force that they have. So Jordan Neely and all the other bums can be arrested and released for violent crime. Fred Innocent wipes his ass with a pride flag. He, for all I know, he's going to prison. I, are these? I didn't clarify. Are these felony charges that he faces? They might be. <laughs> Fred Innocent. So Fred Innocent lives in a local homeless shelter and suffers from serious mental illness, oh, according to shelter Fred. staff. <laughs> so that was good enough to get Jordan Neely off the hook. Oh, he's mentally ill. Didn't anybody ask if he was well? This guy is also mentally ill and he took a shit yeah, out of pride flag. Nobody said, hey, are you well? Are you okay? No, he's a, a hate criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan and Neely. he had to take a shit. Jordan Neely didn't have to kidnap a seven-year-old yeah. girl or punch a bunch of people yeah. unprovoked. <clears throat> Here's the strange one. <sighs> what the hell's going on with this page? Let me see if I can refresh. There we go. Uh, Livingston County, Michigan. This is outside of Detroit. Julie Ohashi has been battling her newly elected conservative school board. Ohashi is part of a so-called nonpartisan political group called Livingston Integrity Pack. And uh, she and the group have been trying to renew a local tax that had come under fire from local conservatives. She also says that she aimed to combat misinformation coming from uh, the local school board and uh, from other conservatives in the area who accuse the district of indoctrinating students in unspecified ways. But Ohashi's group says it stands for marginalized LGBTQ students. So connect the dots about what that means. Well, uh, on May 2nd, voters overwhelmingly supported renewing this tax, 77% in favor. But before the vote, Ohashi believes opponents of the tax tried to intimidate her by painting a swastika on a tree near her home and then attempting to burn the tree down in a way um, totally unidentifiable in this photo. But that's right, near her home. Ohashi How near? She discovered the swastika on a trail just outside of her property line on April 2nd. Mm. Ohashi reported the vandalism to the county sheriff who <clears throat> forwarded the information to the FBI for a hate oh, crime investigation, God. of course. Ohashi then shared her experience at the May 8th school board meeting at which she said, quote, hate groups use these symbols and symbolic burnings as a way to create fear. In fact, it motivates us to go harder because it clarifies what's at stake in our community and most importantly for our kids and our future. <clears throat> lazy, lazy, low effort hate crime, but it empowered her to make some sort of uh, dramatic show at the school board meeting so people are such retards they're just making nazis look awesome all the time i don't understand how hard did they try to burn why would the nazi put the swastika there and then try to burn the tree down doesn't he want the swastika to be seen to be on the tree yeah that's stupid uh, I, I can't find a picture of this chick is she japanese sounds like it but i don't know i i i, I tried to as part of my due diligence whenever these cases come up i usually try to to google the person with a, a time limitation so i can see if they've done things like a date limitation on the past so i can see news about them unrelated to this incident and i did not find any hits on this particular lady oftentimes you'll find them doing similar things japanese. in the past i knew a japanese person wouldn't do this hmm. mm. well last thing before we get to the movie review 
Uh, I don't know if this one's real or not, uh, but how bad is it for Bud Light? Not only is nobody buying Bud Light, but if you're seen buying it, you might get your ass kicked and someone might call you a faggot. Even in Canada. (laughs) According to a report from Vaughn, Ontario, outside of Toronto, a man and a woman were mistakenly suspected of buying Bud Light at a uh, a local liquor store. And that's when attackers, three men, approached the couple and commented on the victim's choice of beer. The attackers uttered anti-homosexual derogatory slurs as they approached the victims. The man was then knocked to the ground and the woman was assaulted. The woman was apparently hospitalized. Hmm. Police confirm the victims didn't even buy Bud Light. In fact, they bought some other type of beer. A police spokesman says the beer the victims bought had rainbow colors on the cans, which led the attackers to believe it was Bud Light. Wrongly, three male attackers are suspected. Police have released photos of two of the suspects. It looks like still video frames. Which Do they tells, look white? Yeah, they look like uh, they're wearing. A, well, is it the same? <clears throat> they're two different guys. It looks kind of like the same guy. I don't know, but he's wearing like an Adidas track jacket. He looks like the squatting Slav meme is what he looks like. But uh, it, this looks like a still from a video frame. And I there's no video as far as I can see. But it tells me that video must huh. exist somewhere. Well, kind of hope this is true. I haven't seen any video. Anyway, this guy has a jaw tattoo. Oh, I guess. Yeah, it's got to be the same guy. It looks like he has tattoos in both, but that looks like sideburns or a beard. That's actually a he's like tattooed on beard or something. Ah, It's hard to tell. Anyway, that's all I got. Anything else before we get to the movie review? No, let's do it. All right. In a world of movie references flying over his head. One man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. And this week's movie is the 1962 Peter O'Toole epic Lawrence of Arabia, in which a metrosexual World War I British officer meddles in Arab affairs while condemning other British officers for, officers for meddling in Arab affairs. Puts on one of those headdress things to become Arab dances with wolves and then leaves the Arab world and dies in a much anticipated motorcycle crash. Did you write that? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Is it it's supposed to, we're supposed to open with a whatever. Go Usually ahead. I'm more neutral. <laughs> yeah. From movie picker. I, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself this week. I don't know. I'll get to my reasons why. Oh, From movie picker, Tony, the story of... <laughs> Did you think that was the IMDb description or something? No, I thought it was the description from the person picking the movie. I was very confused. Ah, no, this is Tony's. This is the guy who picked the movie. The story of T.E. Lawrence, an English officer who successfully united the warring Arab tribes during World War I to fight the Turks. Watching Peter O'Toole's dismissal of a mercenary popular journalist, quote, never seen a man killed by a sword before. Why don't you take a picture? (laughs) Wish I had. As always, your thoughts? Uh, your 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 review and your rating. Let me phrase it correctly. You hated this movie. I didn't say anything. <clears throat> I yes, you did. <clears throat> you said Sorry. all sorts of stuff already. I didn't mean to poison the well. Oh wait, yes, I did. <gasps> oh no, I loved it. What a okay. wonderful film. Truly deserved the three hours and forty seven minute runtime. F- okay. Yeah, totally. Um, that was the director's cut, right? Three hours and forty seven minutes. That's the only one I saw available. So that's the one okay. I watched. 
I haven't done. Do you know what I did though? This was so stupid. I shouldn't even be telling you guys this. So I put it on HBO, <clears throat> and because the intro was black, I was like, "Oh, HBO is all fucked up." And so I turned I off my TV. The same thing. I turned it back on, and the same thing was happening. So I went and I rented it on Amazon Prime for three ninety nine. <laughs> oh, I fast forwarded mine, and that's how I learned it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized that it's um just the intro they just used to do black screen but it's like eight minutes of black screen yeah i know <clears throat> anyway yeah uh i have not done very much research on how they filmed this but it was such a spectacular feat that i found myself wondering how certain angles and things were, were even captured especially with that uh that initial scene um it's it's undisturbed sand and my husband and i were just like how did they do this in 1962 um, without reducing the quality of the film, we were we were just like mesmerized. I have almost no complaints about this, except I was the Jesus imagery uh, with T. E. Lawrence was like a little, a little blasphemy, a little you know, a little over the top. However, okay, let's talk about what I loved. So <clears throat> I know you're going to have complaints about him being a shaggy, but T. E. Lawrence has been speculated to have been gay. A lot of people disagree with this because he did marry the most mannish woman I've ever seen. Um, regardless. Yeah, so gay. I don't know. I mean, he, yeah, but it wasn't Peter O'Toole's fault. Like from all accounts, no, I get that. Yeah. he was effeminate and eccentric and Peter O'Toole really captured that basically without commentary. They weren't like, look at this faggot. It's just, he was there just being who he is. Yeah. And he was just, yeah, he was kind of a weirdo, but he was, ambitious and curious and brave there were no women there were no love stories the action sequences were few and far between and the story basically just centers around the vastness of the desert and how these two different groups of people um they were honor bound in different ways it was such an immersive and epic experience that confusion points about the plot line the whole time i was like what the fuck is going on but it's just because I'm I'm kind of dumb. Um, but it was like being on a like a roller coaster ride or something. It was like a truly an immersive film experience. I loved it. I loved it so much. I gave it five out of five. What the? F All right. I loved it. I don't know what to say. I've never seen it before, and I was like, it was it was just great filmmaking. I did not give it a five, <clears throat> but no shit. Did you give it a one? No. Okay. No. Um, there are things I appreciate about this movie. Uh, and actually we might not be that far off in our appreciation. The general summary would be there are, there are things about the production of it that I can appreciate <clears throat> and admire. I hate the story. I hate pretty much everything about the story because of his but interference. He's also was kind of warmongery just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'll explain that, but as far as what I liked, I agree that this, this is a very well shot movie. And in particular, there's um, there's one scene where they've got those two, I forget the, their role, but those two orphan boys or whoever they right. were, they're yeah. running around at night and they're uh, walking across. Uh, you got a couple of them walking across these dunes with the sand blowing over the dunes and what looks like the moonlight. Very compelling shot, especially for its time. But what's interesting is those shots weren't even shot at night. It's just kind of a camera trick or a production really? trick where you underexpose and you get a moonlight effect without actually doing the production at night. So a lot of um, impressive technical work, especially for its era. And I can I can appreciate 
that aspect of the production. I thought the, the soundtrack was really great. And one of the reasons I know it's great is because I recognize the Lawrence theme song without having ever seen this movie. So I know that it, I've I've heard that somewhere. It's like already embedded in my brain. I need um, to ready myself for whatever take I'm about to give from you. Hold on. I do appreciate that. Um, I think that Lawrence's outlook on the moral truth of the world is largely correct when he has this exchange I don't agree with his action. I don't agree with how he's uh, enacted a lot of his views, but as far as his diagnosis, I kind of agree with it, or I largely agree with it. This interaction that he has with uh, uh, Sheriff Ali, the, the the guy who kills his friend at the well. Right. And when they're having that interaction and arguing <clears throat> and Lawrence says, uh, so long as the Arabs fight tribe against tribe, so long uh, they will be a little people. And I certainly agree that, that tribal warfare is largely, if not exclusively futile, that you need to have some larger value that you are pursuing that you make your friends and your enemies based on those values. And that if you play solely for a team, you become not only morally lost, but you, you become counterproductive, you become destructive in that way. And so I appreciate that. You already mentioned um, it's believed to be the longest movie where no women talk. You would think that a movie of this length would require women to talk, but no, not a single woman yeah. talks. Nope. Now what awesome. I don't like about the story and Lawrence's character. It, it's just this paternalist nonsense. And I hate pretty much all of it. So <clears throat> Lawrence is constantly praising his own magnificence. Oh, I'm, I'm extraordinary. Fine. You got me. I'm extraordinary. But, but what makes it even more insufferable is that everyone else in the movie is constantly praising him too. To me, this is just a, it's a character. Maybe he's not a flawless character, but he's a, he, he's a character with flaws unseen by himself or others. And the problem for how that extends into the story is that Lawrence views it as license or even obligation to control the destiny of the Arabs. It's not Arab self-determination that he values. It's his own guidance of them. <clears throat> and, and I think but they needed a larger than life figure. I, but it's it, this is the Daenerys meme walking into, you know, just being held up by all the people of color. Look at this white savior rolling in here. Um, it was British paternalism to some degree, though. Yeah, it might be. Let me clarify my dispute, because I'm not saying that it's it's inaccurate to portray that as happening. I'm sure that happening happened. It's just that I can't get with rooting for Lawrence on this basis because I don't view it as a good thing. And and the reason I say that that it's it's plainly obvious that Lawrence views himself not just as a supporter of some pre-existing Arab cause, but as a a paternal guide for their greater good in multiple instances. He talks about taking Damas Damascus. He talks about gaining Arab freedom. He says, I am going to give it to them. Okay. He doesn't say, Hey, they're going to take Damascus and I'm going to help them. They're going to earn their freedom and I'm going to help them. I'm going to give it to them. That is a subtle scripting difference with a big philosophical distinction. One is Lawrence leading the Arabs by his divine right or something like that. The other is, is Arabs leading Arabs with, mm -hmm. with Lawrence's assistance. And, you, and then you see how this comes to fruition. They take Damascus, but the Arabs, because of their tribal bickering, can't even hold it. They need the British people to come in and take control of it anyway. And then Lawrence just, just leaves, but it yeah. illustrates the point to me. Like you can't, the Arabs have to want this themselves. You can't have Lawrence just constantly, pulling the Arab puppet strings to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And on a related theme, again, I'm not saying that you can't tell a, a, a story that's at least loosely historically accurate or that all movies must have 
admirable heroes or plot lines that are good. It's just that this movie presents that Western meddling in the Arab world as a positive thing. I'm supposed to root for Lawrence to teach these backward tribesmen to get it as though that's a valiant and worthwhile effort. And I don't think it is. I, I just I don't see why this is British business uh, and I don't see how it benefits Lawrence or British people to be doing this sort of thing. And and lastly, for the love of God, just just hurry up. Like It's OK. It was this, very long. It does not need to be four hours. This is not that great of a story. You could probably tell this story in two. And and if you cut down on a lot of walking around the desert, musical interludes and dialogue that takes an eternity to make its point, you could probably have this movie done in half the time. And I know it's from a different era. It's people had different expectations that that era sucked. Those expectations sucked. Tell me the story in a more concise fashion. So I gave it a uh, I gave it a two. Not a one. Uh. It's definitely a no for me, dog. I said there's no chance I'll ever watch it again because I'll miss half my kids' childhoods if I do. Oh, no. Yeah. But you love this movie. I'm closer to hate. Um, do you do you want a final rebuttal? You feel like I got something wrong about it? All the things that I said are re- my rebuttal. Right. Do I want a final rebuttal? Mm. No, I'm not going to talk you out of your two. No, I just <clears throat> curious if you want to dispute my points. Uh, I do, but it's eight fifteen. All right, we probably should get to the chat. Fair enough. Uh, what what do people think about Lawrence of Arabia in the early vote here? Uh, I'm in the minority. People like it. It's fours and fives, but everything gets fours and fives. Let's be honest. Yeah. Everything gets four. Even Dogma in that movie sucks. <laughs> Next week it's Citizen Kane. I don't know anything about it other than that's supposed to be one of those classic greatest movie ever type things. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that's true. I've never seen it. I take it you've seen that one. You must have I seen have. that one. Yeah. yeah it's been a while. Uh, after that, it's the the last week to vote on May's nominations from listener Tony. Uh, the list will refresh for June next week. So your final opportunity to vote for the final or for the following nominations. Downfall. Gallipoli, The Lives of Others, Hail Caesar, Inside Lewin Davis. Or, of course, you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Calm. All right. Thanks to, uh, for patience to our chatters. Uh, let's catch up with some of them. I'll start over on rumble really quickly. Um, JD 1492. Goddamn. In your opinion, who's worse, the cartels for dismembering corpses or Democrats using Feinstein as a marionette or oh. Kathy, uh, a Rue for abusing her mother. Is that, uh, I don't actually, is that, uh, I don't know who she is. Liberal Sherpa, frequent Fox News guest. What's her deal? She's new to me. Kathy Aru stole $225,000 from her 90-year-old mother Ooh. and put her in a nursing home twice against her will. That's pretty bad. Okay. Who's this chick? Yikes. Uh, I'm still going to say the cartels. I mean, I know Feinstein's <laughs> pretty bad, but I'm still going to say the cartels. Mojack <laughs> says, what's the um the trough line? 
mm-hmm. of the LGBTQ for fathers. Uh, oh, I see where you're going with this. Um, he has various. Uh, OK. Um, he is. He, you seem befuddled. Well, um, yeah, I don't, I just don't know how I can phrase this. <laughs> you really got me, Mojack. I'm trying to give it the old Phil filter and I don't know what to say. Uh, read a couple and I'll think about this. Okay. Uh, I bought Pam. Thank you so much. Um, wicked masshole. Donald should announce that he will cover all of Daniel Penny's legal bills beyond what gives and go raises. It will draw a line, uh, draw a parallel between his sham prosecution and remind everybody that Dems love criminals more valuable than millions in commercials. That's brilliant. That's a great idea. I, yeah, I, I kind of hate <laughs> to be political with, with charity in that way, but at the same time, it's still generating support for the, the cause. Yeah. So it's probably a win-win, you know? Uh, oh, I know Kathy Aru. She was that crazy bitch on Fox news who always provided, provided like an insane leftist perspective. Uh, okay. If you look her up, you'll recognize her. Um, I owe geez. I bought a Bernie. Uh, sorry about that. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. I am not going to be niggardly. Aaron uh, Moyo, the theater dropped the mask mandate today and the projection booth is much cleaner. Just thought I'd update you. Oh my God. So they had a mask mandate in place for what a week. Was that a week ago, two weeks ago? Well, better part of three years, I suppose. Well, no, I remember he um, chatted just the other week and said they, they re- reinstated. Yeah, yeah, and that's why he was cleaning is because that's the job they made him do. Robin D. Banks, well, Matt and I over. once made love. It was on a New York City subway. Mr. Neely wasn't the only one getting strangled from behind. Lol, just kidding. Tell Chris to hit me up on Discord. Love his music. Love I don't want to hear any more of these lies. Thank you, Robin. Blue Viper. I told my neighbor, Hugh Janus about the show and he said he would tune in and check you guys out well <laughs> mr hugh janus we're always here for you always been a big fan of the janus family me too lots of great yeah. Januses out there <laughs> okay I, I don't know how to fr- okay so what is it what's a trough line in this uh you seem to i'm not clear what he what that would like mean. people lining up to eat out of a trough oh okay uh he and then he has a lot of um he has a lot of names kind of like Harvey Weinstein and says that many of them are pedophiles. That's what he said. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think, I think I navigated it. Neil. You did it. Okay. You did it. Thanks. Mojack. (laughs) Laser uh, 47. Jordan Neely's ghost was seen performing money by mj outside of his family's home i wonder the last time they checked in on him before he died i do love that that you got their lawyers out there saying nobody on the subway asked jordan if he was okay yeah neither did his family neither did you yeah neither did any of the people supposedly close to him but it's it's everybody else's problem on the subway to say hey man are you having a good day today it's their responsibility you do that to some to somebody in an american city and they'll just stab you yeah like why would you do that rocky mountain monk says what are you guys discussing as a uh, what you guys are discussing as a voluntary commune is called a co-op or a cooperative yeah that's probably a, a better word thank you for uh putting us on the right path there uh, appreciate it. J- JD uh, 1492 says, just got some uh, band listening suggestions. Heart attack, man, land and ammo. Call me uh, charisma and to hell uh, or the, the, the to hell with Hollywood album. Well, I'll have to check it out, man. I, um, 
I, uh, like I said, when we were talking with Chris, I just basically don't care about the music industry anymore because I can't pay attention to anybody without being propagandized unnecessarily. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I need to check out some people who are not insane. Spray and pray 85 says, Hey Matt, I got a letter from the ATF saying that I may be in violation of federal law. I don't know what to do. I just want to let everyone know that the ATF is coming for us to a loving Patriots. I have, I, I assume they're, Maybe they're talking about the upcoming upcoming felon day. National felon day is what? Isn't that June 1st still? So we still have a couple <sighs> weeks away from international felon day on the bumps or not. Bump must socks, be what on they're the pistol about, braces. Right? Uh, but I, um, I've not heard of anybody getting letters about pistol braces. So that would be news to me. Tell you what spray and pray. Uh, if you'd like to send me more information, please do. Uh, you can find my email address in uh, it's, I think it's in the description, but if not, just head on over to my website. You can uh, message me through the contact page. And I would like to know more about this because that's news to me. Yeah. Hillbilly Deluxe says blonde regarding hoax. Hey, look how high it is. Did they get a stool? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they got a stool. Yeah, fair <clears throat> point. Yes, they did. They, uh, they drew on the wall with it. I'll be here all week. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Thank you. <laughs> we uh, the, sometimes the jokes are right there. You don't even realize Hillbilly Deluxe also says, I have to spell this out for the other guy. Pretty sure he meant to type what is the the through line. So maybe maybe it was not trough and uh, it was through. Maybe that's why I was I was confused. But uh, thank you for uh, for your support for the show. Hillbilly Deluxe addicted to drum says, thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we are good over on Odyssey. We're good over on D live. So let's just catch up with Tippy and YouTube and we'll call it a stream. JRC1, I support Mr. Penny 99%. The reason why it's not 100. Why was he in a place that nurtures lack of morals, logic, and law? Uh, New York is one of America's greatest cities. We, as Americans, should be able to visit our great cities. It's, um, it's bullshit that we can't, but that is the reality of the situation. We maybe know he's totally, a, or maybe he was banging some like really hot girl that lived there. We know he's a student, too. Maybe he has some... I guess he's probably got... Um, gi gi bill i don't know maybe he does maybe oh, he yeah. doesn't but we don't know the circumstances of what <clears> his, his school situation is so maybe there's a very good reason for him to be in the city beyond just you should have the right to be in an american city without uh, being threatened by a bum uh bill biz i just watched abc news report the border encounters were down 50 percent. anybody believe that we did talk about it yeah as, as long as uh border crossings are defined as something else they are down drastically tortuga happy mother's day speaking of i didn't get a good answer from lance on the tim pool stream can mothers do meth while they <laughs> are pregnant hmm Did i you think see you can do exchange? like a little meth no oh it's classic um i don't know lance in fairness he's a guy who goes his channel's called the surfs or whatever he does is called the surfs and i i actually let me say He's a progressive left wing guy, whatever. He went on Tim Pool's show and they talked about abortion. Seamus was there. Um, I will credit anybody who is willing to do that. And but they went, they had a conversation about abortion and Tim and Seamus are saying, okay, but like you, you believe that it's a woman's right to terminate a pregnancy up until birth. And he was giving the, I mean, he was trying to articulate this idea that I would say she shouldn't, but she, it should be legal for her to do that. Because it's her body. And Tim countered with, well, okay, what if she wants to do meth when she's like eight months pregnant? What's wrong with that? Well, that's illegal. Well, why? Like, let's say that it was legal. Would you say that it's bad? Well, why is it bad? And he, 
oh man, I'm, I'm forgetting exactly what his explanation was. What was the moment? God damn it. It's, it's, um, he said something to the effect of, well, that, that mom is damaging the body of the child and that's but- why it's wrong. <laughs> And they, it was just kind of a mic drop moment where everyone's like, okay, so meth damages the child and therefore it's, it's wrong and shouldn't be done. Literally killing the child should be her right though. Yeah, it it was, it was a great uh, logic pretzel to watch. It was uh, highly entertaining. Oh, gross. Okay. Um, disturbed 2k7 wait wait what is up my uncircumcised breastfed gay lord primes (laughs) happy mother's day to y'all you're definitely not nasty persons love you guys god bless god bless you don't want to be a caitlin collins nasty person that's for sure no indeed zach log the great i just learned about the transgender visibility day does that mean they're invisible on the 364 days what do i do invisible trainees could be all around me right now for deep thoughts look for zach log on youtube odyssey or bit shoot they're everywhere uh, yeah, well, I don't know when trans invisibility day is, but I, I'm itching for that day. I've seen enough. I would like a break. Uh, I, I would yeah. like an invisibility break. Andrew guardian. What's up with the new drunken ending to the we'll do it live bit. Uh, it was just Tucker. Yeah, it's, uh, it's from the Tucker leaks that works. It's Tucker joking before his own show. Fuck it. We'll do it live. And I'm glad that someone sent that to me because I love the we'll do it live bit, but Tucker is, you know, uh, his, yeah. whatever criticisms people may have of him, his um, his his spirit and his jovialness in that way is. Uh, yeah, he's it. he's undeniably likable. Yeah, it's I, uh, yeah, it's hilarious. So okay. I'm going to keep the Tucker bit in there for the foreseeable future because I just love it. Robin D. Banks, the town hall was great. I haven't seen a pounding that bad since the last time Matt and I made love. Ugh, never seen so much BS since Russiagate. It was fun to watch him squirm, though. Eight out of ten would recommend. Yeah, it was fun. It, it gave me 2016 vibes, you know? It was back Come to on, the man. original. But, uh, um, Robin, geez. Thank yeah. you for supporting the show. Evil Zombie Time Station on the border. Biden's 1,500 troops are here to oppose Texas' mission. I want to keep the illegals out. His troops are here to speed them in. It's the opposite of a gesture to help and goodwill. Up help and goodwill. We're strained. Wow. What a surprise. Biden's trying to destroy the country. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of that. But if the mission is to process these people as asylum seekers, then military or police personnel on the border are not necessarily um, they're not in the process of expulsion as they were formerly. They're in the process of processing asylum uh, cases or at least facilitating that to the maximum possible degree. Yeah. Interesting quadrophonic toppling blonde what's with your yes what's with your twitter beef with pearl just pearly things what did i miss how did it start okay i like just pearly things but i think she might be really dumb and um she's like she's gone too deep into the manosphere and i think she's just confusing true alpha males with with andrew tate guys that are high value and bang a lot of women, but are not truly representative of, of the population. And so she said today on Twitter, she's like, well, women shouldn't be divorcing men for small things like disagreements with chores or finances or them cheating on you. I was like, what are you talking about? And then she's like, well, women are destroying families by initiating divorce for this reason. It's like, no, no, the, the husband is 
is initiating the divorce. This is an insane perspective to me. And I hate to do this, but I just don't think you can trust somebody that like is unmarried and doesn't have children to make a decision like this. You suck. Fuck you. I don't know. I used to really like her. And now I just think she's a, maybe a retard. What do you think about this? That's crazy, I don't, right? I, I, haven't, I don't follow her closely enough. I did see the tweet and I didn't fully understand it. I had to read it several times to even understand what she meant. So well, I uh, she can't pro- project like her black guy fetish and their co- total constitution, constitutional inability to stay faithful to their wives on all men. She can't do that. I, I'll, I'll, I don't know if that's what she intended to do or not. I don't I couldn't tell you. I don't follow Pearl. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. You don't want to make a blanket statement about a YouTuber you're totally unfamiliar with. I just whatever. don't. I don't listen to her. The tweet was, uh, tweet didn't make sense to me, but a lot of tweets don't. Boogeyman, I want to say happy Mother's Day to you, Blonde, and Mrs. Matt. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in your life, Boogeyman. Um, uh, mint 20 missed it in my initial message. Happy mother's day blonde and all the mothers out there. Thank you so much. I am just overjoyed to have my beautiful daughter and more in the future. God willing. Andrew guardian best line in the film, the vices of peace or the vices of old men, mistrust and caution. PS can one buy a hero soap sample box to try out various scents. Also, matte soaps sold in liquid form. They are liquid, right? No, my signature soaps are bar only for the time being, at least. Uh, They hero used to sell a gift box. And I say that not to mean they don't currently. I just haven't looked recently, but they used to sell a sample box of, say, five or six bars. One thing you can do, too, if you want to try out various scents over time is if you subscribe and you get one monthly, you can do that. Um. Like I get a random one sent to me monthly because I have a random bar subscription. I just like to get something different every month and have that way. Whenever you're going to crack open a a new one, uh, you can have some selection. So that's how I do it. Okay. And thanks for supporting Hero if you choose to. Um, Jonathan Howard in a similar situation to Matt's seven month old daughter, nine weeks along with baby number two, big move upcoming. Congrats and many blessings. Blonde Father Mike's Bible in a year has a wonderful take on the trials of Job. God bless. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I really appreciate that. I I love uh, Father Mike Schmitz. Um, Congratulations, Jonathan. And thanks for supporting the show. But I I had to read this again. Seven-month-old daughter, nine weeks along with baby two. That is a fast turnaround right there. Yeah, really. My God. Got in there, buddy. Godspeed. Uh, Congratulations. Long Don John. Blonde's Fashy Flowery Fragrant Soaps. Choose from beautiful pink rike rose or or deep purple Luftwaffe. Yeah. We didn't we have some dispute about this and people were really mad. No, that was the, the it's the uh, it's the German uh their air force equivalent or their their right, 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 right. The aerial component of their military. Lavender promo code. Blonde listener, first one hundred orders to go into the draw, win a stunning nineteen forties lampshade. <laughs> I think that that Hero Soap might um they might back out of this. Oh shit, this is I, a bad idea. I'm not a party to these negotiations. I just want to see how they turn out. Everybody that partners with us should know that I'm somewhat of a loose cannon. I, I would think, but I, I just, I made the communications connection and I have passed it off ever since. I just want to see the results. Logan or I can't even change this to something that I can read. I can't. Uh, there's, there's nothing about this that I can read. That's dude. a tough one. 
I can't believe that someone would have so much like hate in their heart. Oh my God. Ugh. Thank you, Rick Harms. I did read so blonde, it. Blonde, you did read it? Yeah, I read it. Yeah, is, I, there's no way to do it, right? It's impossible. <laughs> Uh, Rick Harms. So blonde hates me because I'm only five, seven due to a couple of crushed vertebrae. I used to be five, nine. So I'm worthless. Bye. Oh, it's okay. It's not your fault. Rick. I don't hate you. I hate your kind. <laughs> Injured guardian. No, I, I, I don't mean to laugh. I, I, all the best to you, Rick. I, 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 I don't mean to laugh at any of the situation. There. It's one thing I will say is, you have to be able to differentiate social commentary from like indictment of the individual too. And, and I don't think, well, maybe I'll, <laughs> you're drinking your glass, you're drinking your, your beverage. Like you want to say otherwise, but I don't no, think the purpose of your commentary is to be like, <clears throat> you suck. If you're short, you personally, I hate you. <clears throat> Rick Harms, Rick Harms. You're a motherfucker. You, <laughs> you short bastard. Yeah. No, not, I don't actually hate short men. It's not their fault. And I don't know if I don't know that this is the difficult thing about Super Chat too, Rick. I have no idea if you're being completely sincere or if you're doing a bit or what. So you're not worthless. You could still be funny. Yeah. There you go. Injured Thank, Guardian. Thanks for supporting the show. I'm going to preempt RBG style shenanigans from Darth Feinstein. The Constitution does not recognize dying wishes. Yeah. Right. She would make a great Sith Lord. She's basically already there. Her eye really was like, yeah. Nocturne. My mountain blonde had to share that yesterday after eight years of dating, my now fiance finally popped the question. Now I can finally stop calling him my boyfriend, like a teenager love from Canada. Eight years of dating. I hope you got together when you were nine. (laughs) My God. Uh, Congratulations. Better, better late than never. I Uh, suppose. And, and that's great news. All the best to you guys. And uh, now it'll be, I, I assume in 20 years, we'll get a super chat about how they're having their first child. Yep. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. After All 20 the best, years. Uh, Laurel, I've been practicing immigration law for 20 years in my career. It has never been as easy to cross the border into the United States without a visa. I've never seen it anywhere near this bad. Yikes. Yeah, you, I believe you. What are you talking about, Laurel? Did you not hear that the, the crossings 50%. are down? <laughs> Laurel doesn't know what she's talking about. I know. Shut up, Laurel. She also said those court dates for 2026 and 2027 are just the initial hearings notice master calendar. Oh, their individual hearings will be three to 10 years later. Oh, okay. So you show up and and you say, uh, are you present? And they say, see, and they go on their way and then they show up three to 10 years after the fact. Okay. Um, I know we're a little bit up against the clock. Are you getting, uh, are you getting, Oh, my dad to... just texted me. He's like, we're at your brother's and we can't get a hold of your husband. But oh, we have your child. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, I just asked if I need to go over there, but I can read it while there. Sure. Um, Otherwise, I can take over too. Slosher. Thank you. Oil King. Matt and I once listened to PKA. We agreed Woody is terrible, is a terrible a-hole. And Matt needs to go on the podcast. Prouder needs to get Matt's show. Yag, yag, yag. I tooted. Did I just have a stroke or were those I, words? I can't believe I, you know, I was a never a big listener to PKA, otherwise known as painkiller already. But oh. I, I do know what that is, which is, is that still going on? Woody's Gamertag was a big video game YouTuber years ago, and he was the host of this show. And, I don't know what uh, the crap and um, anybody's talking about. If PKA is still going, that's that's got to be like a decade at this point. Maybe they are. I don't know. I'm, I have not seen. 
Thank you, Oil King. Oil King also says, Oh, sorry, go ahead. uh, Matt, have you thought about uh, contracting um, personal to investigate or get film certain states for information on news that is happening in that state? Blonde get good scrub. I'm not quite sure I understand exactly what this means. Thought about contracting personal to investigate or get film certain states for information on news. Huh. Yeah, I, I'm uh, unfortunately I just I'm not completely sure I follow what this is asking. I guess to maybe investigate local stories firsthand. Um, there's a, there's a part of me that would like to do that a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess investigation might be the wrong way to say it. There's a part of me that still wants to do a little bit more man on the street stuff, kind of like uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland or kind of like the January 6th event that I did a few months ago. But the, the what are you talking about? A, Cleveland was a fucking nightmare. Well, it's sort of a trade off because there's some of that I like, but I also like living in this place with my family that doesn't have a lot of bullshit going on. There's a reason I choose to live here, and that's because it's it's mostly free of that kind of nonsense. So I'd have to leave my family and travel elsewhere to find the best of it. And yeah. I'm not saying never. It is a very difficult time in my life to do that, though, with young kids or a young kid and one on the way. It's just it's hard for me to justify leaving my family at this point to go pursue like talking to weirdos somewhere else. Yeah, but maybe that's, yeah, that's fair. Slosher says, Blonde, uh, who is that trad wife on YouTube with the voluminous chest you mentioned? I need it for her research name, purposes, for science. Her name is, hold on. She's really, really hot. Like, don't get me wrong. But her name is like Esty, uh, Esty Jizz Tits. I don't know where her it, last It was in is. here earlier. Uh, not oh, or was it on, why can't I find it? I'm subbed to her, hold on. SD Williams. It says SD uh, Williams. Okay. I mean, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say here. Blah. Are you looking at pictures of her? No, I'm I'm trying to find the mention of it in the chat prior so I can get the name right. It's SD Williams. All right. You got to look at her. Okay, fine. You carry on. Where did okay, you... I'll do a few more and then I got to go. Yeah, all right. Um Trav to the World. Did you read this one? No. No. A uh, long time no chat. Please take my money. Okay. Did you guys see the footage of the mostly peaceful DFL endorsing convention in Minneapolis on <laughs> Saturday? Only one person hospitalized. Oh, that was it. Um, yes, I did. Uh, so, uh, oh, I've seen this person before. Um, she's, t- she's so beautiful, but also she's got like a real blow up doll thing going on. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yes, there was uh, some sort of I don't know what the event was in Minneapolis on Saturday, uh, but it was some sort of candidate selection or some sort of party event. DFL is, you know, their Democrat party. And because it's like 50 percent Somalians at this particular meeting, it just went into Mogadishu chaos. And, oh, what a surprise. Uh, I'm not sure exactly sure what the nature of the conflict was. It looks like someone's it looks like some people didn't get their way and were not happy about that. And uh <laughs> Got very Mogadishu about it is what it looks like. But I'll have yeah. to look at the rest of the story. And, and thanks, uh, Trap to the World. And uh, good to hear from you. And thanks for supporting the show. Thank okay. you guys so much for joining me. I'm going to go grab Emmeline because I'm getting repeated texts. All right. Well, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to your woman, your mom, all of your moms, all of your women, all the people. All right. We'll catch vaginas. you. On- real vaginas. Yeah, real ones. Catch you on Bye. Wednesday. Uh, I will carry on with your uh, 
with your chats of course guys we'll finish up here we'll call it a show and uh thanks for your your patience here as we uh get to the final chats of the evening esoterica unbound says the groomer in chief also recently stated in a speech there's no such thing as other people's children i remember that one a few weeks ago all the other uh, controversies are just distractions from how morally degenerate the dems have become yeah it (laughs) the thing is it's repeated it's like it's not this one-off like weird event that comes out of nowhere this is a routine thing that happens over and over again and it's it seems like it's getting more and more blatant it it he didn't even say hey all the all the all the kids are like all the youngins come up here everybody under the age of 15 all the kids under the age of 15 a very bizarre phrasing a very bizarre distinction Donde says, Blonde, seriously, our pilgrim forefathers tried communism when they arrived, abandoned it after nearly starving to death. Now, if we could just try genuine free market self-determinism. Yeah, I, uh, of course, Blonde can't uh, address it, but maybe we could get back to it uh, in a future stream. Yeah, I mean, I think what she's talking about is obviously very small communities banding together voluntarily to uh, to share their resources in that way. And, and I, I wouldn't view that as the same as communism, obviously in the, in the way that it is a, a state coerced redistribution of property or wealth that instead a small group of people are getting together voluntarily to exchange their goods or services uh, or distribute their goods or services evenly because they want to be a part of the community that's doing that. I don't know if that's the system I would pick or not, but at least every, as with anything else, same with the system of, de- of of power decentralized across the states, when you preserve the right to disagree and leave if you do disagree and you can go do something else over there, that is paramount. And so as long as you preserve that right, um, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with communities deciding to handle their resources in this way if they wanted to. Uh, YB Nick says, don't worry, Matt, you can keep your scruples. You pilot the chopper and blonde will offload the cargo midair. Your hands remain clean. I'm just a contractor. Fair enough. I I was just hired to make this delivery. I don't inspect the packages, of course. Griff Nizzle. uh, Thanks for supporting the show, uh, Nick. Griff Nizzle says, I can't wait for all the simps defending blonde's commie heel turn. Blonde is controlled opposition confirmed. Maybe. Maybe I I should uh, not try to to give that position the best possible characterization. Maybe she, maybe she is full on. Well, I don't know. You got to choose. You can't be like, well, maybe you can, maybe there can be some unholy alliance between fascism and communism. I guess they, they might have overlapping tendencies. I don't know. I'll allow blonde to speak for herself when she's back. A plum Logan says, uh, regardless of voluntarism, Communism functionally seeks to eliminate hierarchy, which is anti-human at its core. It is a point. In, uh, it is a poisonous dead end. Heads, pikes, walls. Well, thank you for the uh, Tyrion reference. Um, Heads, spikes, walls. Yeah, I guess the the one way that I would consider it though is like the, the fundamentally the family is a quasi-communist uh, unit in that. N- the way that resources are handled within my family, it's uh, whatever the communist mantra is, like from each according to ability to each according to need. Uh, there is not equal production and consumption within the confines of my home. Instead, we are all together with a certain set family income and we distribute our resources according to who needs those resources. But I, I obviously I understand that 
a man's family is not the same as society at large, that the way I distribute resources within my home is not the same as taking that guy's stuff over there because my family, quote unquote, needs it or something like that. All I'm saying is that I I just think um, I think what she's describing is a little bit different than the use of state force to coerce you or to take your property or your labor in that way without giving you a way to leave if you choose. But uh, I'm sure this this conversation will continue. We'll probably come back to it. Thanks, Plum Logan. Knuckle Hunky Buck says, if you use Hero Soap, not only will your hands be clean, but your scruples will be clean and tingly. Can confirm. Thanks, Knuckle Hunky Buck. Uh, try again. Can never pronounce. Knuckle Hunky Buck. Max. If they're trying to steal your chicken, you have to kill them blonde. This is the kind of thinking that has led to countless tragedies <laughs> outside of Popeye's. Okay. Well, uh, you can't, you're probably not. It's wrong. not against the law, ho. Fuck you. Holden Mulray says, hi, blonde. Your proposal tonight regarding voluntary small scale communism reminds me of a book that came out a few decades ago. It's called It Takes a Village by H. Clinton. <laughs> Kidding. God bless you both. Uh, I've not read Hillary's book. Um, yeah, I, I don't plan to, but you, you, you tell me if it's worth the read holding Z man says you're wrong. Blonde kill a commie for mommy. Well, it is mother's day. If that's what mommy demands, um, mint says clarification P- principles are fine in peacetime, but in times of great crisis, we are rapidly approaching. Um, we must look to victory. The victims of the gulag also had principles. They and their families were eliminated by those who didn't. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for your support for the show that is very much appreciated and um we love you you're very special yeah we're probably on on we're probably somewhere similar then uh, because you're not just talking about some sort of situation where you do whatever you want in the name of, of quote-unquote survival you're talking about a situation that threatens the entire list of your rights and i don't disagree that we have seen uh in various ways, uh, pretty much all of our, our constitutional rights uh, violated routinely for the last several years. So uh, at some point you have to defend those or they are entirely meaningless writings on a piece of paper that don't really mean or do anything because when people violate them in this way, there are no consequences. So um, on that front, yeah, I mean, uh, we're right there, man. Team TNF, at least for those who... uh are deserving and there are plenty of them these days. AP says, keep up the great work. You too. Thank you. AP appreciate it. Simple Dan forever says Matt and I once trained together. Um, his long effeminate hair allowed his head to be pulled back, exposing his throat to attack his long uh, rabbinical beard prevented a proper gas mask seal on his face. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, this is just what people tell me that you're not supposed to have long hair because a guy can grab it and slit your throat. As far as the mask seal, I don't know about that, but, uh, that seems, I guess that seems sensible too. I don't know. Thank you. Simple Dan. Knuckle hunky buck says I'm getting really confused about the, um, shh covering rules. Oh, here we go. The, 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 that's a play on words. If you cover a caulk, like, you know, household sealant, in shh, it, it's a sign of appreciation, a pride flag. It's disrespect, <laughs> but a, uh, a swastika, it's a show of respect to draw in shit. That's very interesting. It's like, if you loved the swastika, why would you draw in shit? 
Sorry, I didn't need to read it that way, Uncle Huggy Bug. I, now I understand. You are just trying to get around the uh, the tyranny of um, of Raju Muhan, and I I that made it hard for me to read. But I now I understand you. Injured Guardian, I'm having a laughing attack. That needs to be a new sounder. We could go find that. The, one of the reasons I shy away from uh, a sound. Uh, sounders of ourselves mostly is that it's hard to differentiate if it's actually us talking or if it's a soundbite. So maybe you can work with it. Maybe you distort it or something, but otherwise you think the person's actively talking and it gets confusing. Uh, Ryebread 007 says, love you guys. Long time listener and soon to be refugee from California. Finally convinced my wife to move up to Montana, but the percent down payment for land is higher than expected. If anyone wants to send a couple bucks, uh, please go to give, send, go slash Belcher, Montana. Well, all the best in your move up here. And, uh, and if, if there's anything that I can do as far as, uh, assistance or as far as, um, just information or any of that, go ahead and send me an email and, uh, thank you for canceling out some of the bad California, uh, the, the bad California votes that we have imported. Injured Guardian says, hate on Lawrence's career all you want. Sound money and a Webley revolver were both excellent choices. Uh, I suppose. Excellent eyeliner choice, too. Very sound in that way. Uh, thank you, Injured Guardian. Donde 2K says, um, Matt, 1962 was when an American Westerner could travel anywhere in the world and be respected or at least not feared and fucked with. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia gives the cultural background for that. I suppose there's some truth for that. Like, there was once a time where maybe we weren't international jokes and... Uh, I think we are probably more of international jokes than we were back then. I don't know that that changes my perspective on whether or not we should be going and and meddling in other countries' affairs and trying to assume this paternalistic role with them. But I suppose it's better to be a strong leader than it is to be meek and submissive, allow yourself to be run over. I think there's probably an alternative to that where you are uh, strongly independent would be the ideal. But uh, but I take your point. Mark Wiseman says um, Lawrence of Arabia is my all time favorite childhood movie. It, I was struck by the cinematic splendor as an adult. I appreciated all of the uh, Middle East geopolitics of my entire life started with this story. Yeah, I, I can appreciate the production. Certainly, I just don't the story and the character. Not for me, but there are there are aspects of how it was produced that I can appreciate. Certainly. Let's see. Sam 8000 says the worst thing that has ever happened was the fall of the British Empire and the British Empire improved the lives of everybody. They ruled substantially. I suppose you could make an argument there that uh, that British uh, influence and or British control has improved circumstances elsewhere. But even then, is it is it the job of any particular country to go around the world installing that for the so-called greater good of these other countries, or should you focus your efforts at home to make your own uh, place, your own home, your own country as good as it could possibly be? You know, I just, I, I tend to look at this with a more, you might call it isolationist attitude, I suppose, or just, just an idea that it's not that when you, when you spend so many resources elsewhere uh, to try to improve the quality of life in, in those places, you necessarily uh, sacrifice resources that could be invested in your own home spot. And so I, I just, uh, that's the way that I look at this philosophically, but anyway, 
I'll leave it at that. Knuckle Hunky Buck lastly says, Matt, a lot of my friends simply refer to me as Knuckle. Since you always struggle to pronounce it correctly in the future, you could continue to try to pronounce. Uh, you should continue to try to pronounce the whole thing. Lol, suck it. Well, I'm just trying to be respectful and read the name. But uh, it is kind of a bit that I that I constantly fail to do that. So I'll just uh, continue. I think we're all set, guys. Uh, over on Rumble, we look good. We're good on Odyssey. Good on D Live. We'll give a quick refresh on Tippy and YouTube before we call it an evening. And it looks like we are all set. So uh, thanks once again to everybody for hanging out with us this evening. A very happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers listening and to all of the listeners' mothers. Thanks for being great moms. And thank you guys for your uh, support for the show, your super chats. Thanks for uh, participating in the show live with your chats. Thanks for uh, tuning in later. If you're listening on demand later, that's very much appreciated as well. If you'd like more to listen to, if you can't get enough of the show, head on over to the podcast page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcast. we got a lot more stuff on the audio platforms. You can find replays of the Wednesday call-in show. You can find some of Blonde's interviews, extra material you may not find on YouTube. Speaking of anything else show-related, head on over to the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'm Grinnick. Try